0: Hello and welcome to the ETOF21sports podcast for October 23rd. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21sports, on Instagram at ETOF21sports underscore, for fantasy football at ETOF21sports underscore fantasy, for free horse racing picks at ETOF21sports underscore horse underscore racing. How's everyone doing today? Great month of October. You know, we got NHL going, NBA started this week, we have NFL, we have NASCAR, we have horse racing, MLB playoffs, college basketball right around the corner, Breeders' Cup right around the corner. Guys, this is just a great month. I love this month. Um, we can really dive in and just, just do some work. Um, great show today. Sterling, my boy from Silver Star Sports, he's coming on. You know, we're going to do a kind of our thoughts on every NFL team, third of the way in the season, kind of what we think, where we're right, where we're wrong and everything. Uh, Dylan, DC underscore sports guy, is going to come on, talk a little NBA crazy first week in the NBA. Him and I are going to talk through the uh, Bagley situation, Simmons situation, uh, just some stories going around the league. And then, of course, Brandon, my boy, my ride or die, is going to come on and uh, we're going to talk uh, some NASCAR. Great show today. But as always, you know we're gonna jump into the Thursday night game first. And um, before, actually, you know what? I'm gonna tell you guys a little story about gambling for this Thursday night game. You gotta bet the number. You have to bet the situation. And so on Sunday, for those who don't know, Sundays basically this is this is my thing. Sundays, wake up. I do the live stream at Better Than Vegas. Thank you for my boy Gino, Better Than Vegas, having me on. Do a little live stream with those guys. Love doing that shit. Um, make sure you guys check that out every Sunday morning on Better Than Vases Twitter page. So we do that. Um, and then I basically... I'm in front of the TV. I have a couple screens going with games. I have Red Zone on the main one so I can kind of, you know, get a glimpse of what's going on. Um, and then I'm just jotting notes and of stuff I'm seeing and everything like that so... I, I have all that stuff going on, and about second half, first half of the one p.m. games, I start looking at lines and diving into this stuff and everything. So this is going on, and yeah, I repeat the same thing for the second half of games. And during the second half of games, I look, and you have the Broncos getting six and a half, getting seven at most books for this Thursday night game that happened last last night. So I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then people just start dropping for the Browns. And as soon as that starts happening, you notice the line move a little bit down to six. I'm like, okay. And then I didn't pull the trigger on it just because of the injuries the Broncos had. And then the next morning, it's at three and a half. And right before game time, it got down to minus one and a half. And this is, for me as a gambler... I'm just so number driven. All the value right there is gone on Denver. Anyone that bet Denver at minus plus, excuse me, plus two or plus one and a half, in my mind, they're an awful better. Even if that bet wins, you're an awful better because you played a stale number, a five point stale number. And there's no way long term you can make money in this game doing it. Just no way at all. No no way at all. And if you, it just doesn't make sense to me how people just don't fucking understand that. And that's what I'm here trying to help you guys do. You know, we've, we're have we up 27 U on the uh, NFL season. Uh, we're up a couple U in the college football season. Uh, hasn't been great, but we're, we have positive ROI, and that's what it's all about. Um, NBA, we're up 1 U, and I'm trying to help you guys make money, understand stuff. And I love answering questions. I love helping you guys out trying to understand stuff, trying to better you guys, make money. Um, now, in terms of the Thursday night game, Jesus, Denver's got some holes, man. I mean, I, I love this team coming in this season, but there's just kind of simple things like Dearness Johnson, great story, but he ran a four eight forty. The guy has no downhill speed. He was just slowly going, and then he'd hit the hole on a cutback, and these Denver linebackers had zero idea what was going on. You look at Denver's offense, Javante Williams, this is the thing that pisses me off. Javante Williams, by far, is the best running back in that whole backfield. And why, for the fucking life of me, this kid isn't getting more touches is just astronomical to me. I don't understand how you can have someone that good and that explosive in your backfield and at the end of the day, and his wide receiver screenplay he taught for the touchdown was insane. He had six receptions for 32 yards and only four rushes for 20 yards. So this kid, who's their best playmaker, touched the ball 10 times, which is unacceptable to me. Teddy Bridgewater looked pedestrian, 23 for 33, buck 87, two TDs, one INT. Denver, has a defense that can compete, but Teddy's not the guy, and this offense isn't getting the ball and the playmaker's enough. Now, I understand you know, the big rumor is they're trying to get Rodgers to go there next year and be in line with what they have. I get that. I understand that. I comprehend that. But at the end of the day, it's this. You still need to win games this year to have the young guys in the offensive line, the young playmakers on the outside, Javante Williams, all those guys, understand what it's like to play in pressure NFL games. And for them to do that, they need to make a change. As crazy as it sounds, Drew Locke can force the ball down the field, he'll take some risk, and he can make plays. And Teddy Bridgewater can't do that. Same thing with Javante Williams. Javante Williams is a bigger home run hitter than Melvin Gordon. He needs to be playing, it needs to be a 65-35 split or a 60-40 split. End of story. That's it. And until we see that, this team's going to struggle and it's going to be the constant, what, 7-10 and type team, 8-9 and type team. And it's very frustrating to me because I want to like this Broncos team. But until they figure it out, this is what they're going to be. And for the Browns, what happened with the Browns, it just kind of proves my system that it's not the running back. It's the running system that matters. DeErnest Johnson is doing this. Any zoned running back would be doing this in the Skafanski system. It's not. It doesn't take a fucking rocket scientist to figure that the fuck out. It's this Kavansky system that is allowing De Ernest Johnson, Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb all to succeed. And for those who are like, well, Chubb and Hunt are system-type backs. No, they're zone running backs in a zone system. Would they be good anywhere? Yeah. But since they're in a zone system, they're doing good. And that's what people like don't understand when it comes to all this stuff. Any zone back would be doing good. You remember Isaiah Crowell? My boy Rick Dennison had Isaiah Crowell being the leading rusher in the NFL. So it's a system that makes the player, not the player making the system. Um, this Browns team—they're actually better with Case Keenum. They're—they're—they're they're, they're better with Case at quarterback than Baker. Baker just can't lead him down. And Case let him down, put him in position, got the first downs. He's not going to turn the ball over, and he's been to an NFC Championship game. Has Baker? No. Baker's not. Baker went to Pittsburgh, beat Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh laid a fucking egg. So I wouldn't, I don't know, I wouldn't put too much value in the Browns moving forward. I've definitely jotted them down a little bit in my power rankings. And Sterling and I, we're going to give our six teams out that we can win in the NFL Super Bowl. We'll see, see if they're in there. But we have a great show today, guys, and let's jump right into it. So now we're going to shift our attention to the NFL. We're about a third of the way through the season, and Sterling from Silver Star Sports is coming on, and we're going to kind of talk about where we're right, where we're wrong, teams that were overachieving, underachieving from what they thought they'd be. Sterling, how are you doing today? I'm
1: doing great. Excited to unpack the NFL. Haven't had a time uh, since
0: there are preseason predictions to do this, so excited to talk about it. So let's jump right into it. We have the AFC East. Looking at it right now, Bills four and two, Patriots two and four, Jets one and four, Dolphins one and five. Um, in terms of the East, like what what's sticking out to you? I mean, both of us had the Bills winning it. Obviously, Miami's been a disappointment. What what are your what are your thoughts with the East? So with the
1: East it's not too surprising. Um I think my biggest hit for the uh, AFC East was the Dolphins. I was wasn't too high on them coming in. And I talked a lot about it in our preseason prediction. I talked about how teams that are often at the top of the table when it comes to turnovers in the previous year, they have a hard time replicating that success. And so, by winning off of like forcing turnovers, they've struggled this year because they haven't been able to force turnovers. That's such a high clip. And then it doesn't help
0: when you have two as your quarterback in that offensive line. That's in shambles. And it's crazy because right now they are negative 78 in point differential negative 78. And that is the second worst in the NFL. So all those bounces they were getting and everything, that's just, that's gone. And it's forcing them to actually play. Uh, Do you think Xavier Howard, do you think he's kind of getting exposed now since he's not, like, getting all the INTs and the tips and everything like he did last year?
1: I think he was one of the most more overrated players. Like, obviously getting an interception is impressive, but, like, there is some element of luck involved with interceptions. So I think, yeah, like people are starting to see he's not as like a top three corner like he was being perceived as last year.
0: Now the big thing with Miami, and I'm getting hit up with this all the time, why aren't they on bye this week because they were in London? They elected not to have the bye this week, as crazy as it sounds. so oh, I didn't know that. they They were given a choice, and they decided to have it later in the season. And they're playing this Falcons team at home now. You have rumors that Deshaun Watson is on the table to be traded. There, Tua is going to go to Washington because Houston. How bad is Tua that the Houston Texans don't want him? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's, it's truly amazing we're seeing this fall of Tua. Which I know you and I didn't like him. You didn't like him, so you and I were ahead of the curve about that. I wasn't high on this Dolphins team, but I didn't think they'd be this bad. I mean, they can't run the ball, they can't stop the run. You know what I mean? They're they're a nightmare. Yeah, it's crazy to see how Brian Flores was a coach of the year candidate last year, and now people
1: I've seen his name in on one hot seat talks, which is crazy. But uh yeah, the Dolphins are definitely disappointed this year.
0: He got out coached by Urban Meyer.
1: Yeah, that's that's hard to do.
0: I mean, that is just amazing to me. Um we both were pretty low on the Jets. We think they're they're moving in the right direction. They got the right coach. They just don't have enough talent. So I mean, that's they that's basically they are what we I think we thought they were. Um, they fight. They're a little better against the run than I thought they would be. Um, Becton being out for the year obviously kind of excused the numbers and the production that Wilson could have. What do you think of the Jets? Yeah, the Jets. I thought they would be a little bit more competitive, but we've seen in the past
1: two, three weeks that they've been more competitive. Um, Yeah, Wilson's got to cut down some of his interceptions and some of his hero ball that he's been playing that he did in college and worked for him. But I think he's coming along. Uh, Yeah, with Beckton out, there's not a whole lot you can wish for this season, just some uh, progression from
0: Zach Wilson. Now, the Patriots. I thought this team could have kind of snuck into the playoffs, even when they made the switch to Mac Jones. I think they kind of could have snuck in, but uh, Jesus Christ. Like, When is Jacoby Myers going to score? A, B, this defense, they're just making mistakes that historical Patriots defense under Belichick don't make. Example, leaving Lam- having that blown coverage that allowed Lamb to score last week against... In the Cowboys game. Um, I think they're running the ball good. I actually don't think they're running the ball enough. And I wish they'd just commit to one back. But it's like, as soon as you fumble, you're out. And from what I've seen, I like Stevenson better than than Harris. I think he should be getting more run. But I don't think he does because Belichick doesn't like to have rookie running backs. What say you? Mm -hmm. Um, The
1: Patriots, I thought this team, like, they found their identity they were gonna utilize it to a T, but this Patriots team just doesn't seem like a true Bill Belichick type team. Like you said you mentioned the coverage lapses. It doesn't look as organized as usual. Um I really thought Damian Harris was gonna explode this year, but he has yet to really put together like a solid showing. Um this team is just not dynamic on offense. Sure, they can play with anyone, but they can't beat like the Bills or the Uh, Chiefs of this world, so I don't know. I don't know if they'll sneak into the playoffs.
0: I don't think they will. I mean, I really think they needed to win last week, and God, that game—that game was utterly disappointing. Because I mean, I may have been—I was financially invested on the Patriots, Um, Bills. I mean, Jesus Christ, they looked awful that first game against the Steelers. Um, They looked better their next couple games. Impressive game against the Chiefs, Uh, went to the Titans. I kind of felt, I I had the Titans that game. I felt they were a live dog in that game. Um, Let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is getting all the social media talk. Did you like the decision to go for it on fourth down late in that game on Monday night? I didn't mind it. I mean, on the
1: road in Nashville, I, I thought it was a good sign to say, like, I trust my boys, go get it done. So I didn't mind it personally. What
0: about you? I loved them going for it, but I hated the play call. That's fair. I mean, I they Titans were rolling out like hell. Like, who the hell? They're, like, picking guys up from the stands to go play DB. You know what I mean? They're just dropping like flies. You have Sanders, who's a phenomenal route runner. You have Diggs, who can catch anything. You know, just have those guys make a play or, or – Dawson Knox in the flat, Singleton out of the backfield. So I would rather have Allen run the ball than try to go against that defensive front, which was actually doing okay for the entirety of the game. And it's not like the Bills have a um, stellar offensive line. So I was a little, I like going for it. I didn't like the play call. Um, Bills, you and I were both high. I didn't have them winning that. The I didn't have them, I think I only had them winning 10 or 11 games. Um, you ended up winning a couple more games than I did. What uh, What do you think of this Bills team, and do you think it's one of the ones we can put in the class that could win a Super Bowl? I think they're definitely a Super Bowl contender at this point. I expected some regression from Josh Allen since we'd only seen it one year, but it looks really good
1: this year. Um, Diggs isn't getting in, 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 into the end zone as much, but That's that's like, not a surprise because there was some touchdown rushing for him coming. But no, I really think this Bills team... Um, is hungry. They have a chip on their shoulder. I think they can compete with the AFC's best, as they showed with the Chiefs. Um, so, yeah, I consider them a Super Bowl contender.
0: I'm worried about running the ball. That's definitely a concern. Because you have to be able to run the ball to milk the clock at the end of playoff games. And I just don't think they, they can do it with who who they... I don't think they can do it with who they have and how they're running the offense. Um, Their defense has been lights out. What do you think of their defense and everything? I mean, their defense has been way better than I thought they would ever be able to be. Yeah, their defense. I did not expect this. Last year, they were kind of like a
1: bend-don't-break kind of defense. This year, they're, they're forcing turnovers. They're confusing quarterbacks. They look very different from last year, and that's a really good sign.
0: Hopefully, it can keep up as the year progresses. OK, so now so every after every division, we're just going to say if we have we're going to make our little Super Bowl contenders right now. The only team on the list is the Bills, obviously. Um, now now let's shift to the north. We have the Steelers at three and three. I was really low on this team. I'm actually shocked. They have three wins right now. Offensive line has been a nightmare. But I will say this. Um, they changed their blocking steam instead of trying to do this zone thing. Zone scheme, they're just like, hey, just take the guy in front of you and just lock him down. So I, that has worked better the last two games. Uh, granted, they just switched it in the Denver game. Vangio was a dumbass, didn't do anything to counter that. And Seattle just doesn't have the dogs up front to do anything to kind of counter the, the power blocking scheme. Uh, Big Ben looks old. And Najee Harris, if it, if you don't have Najee Harris in a PPR league, you're screwed because all he's doing is just getting receptions. Defense is banged up. Wide receiver core is banged up. Um, this team is old and just needs to start over. You and I pretty much agreed on this team. What what do you think about the Steelers? Yeah, we both were very low on them coming into the year, so it's
1: surprising to see them at three and three, considering how low we were, especially on their offensive line. But no, the defense has looked solid. TJ Watt is coming for that defensive player of the year. Um, even though Miles Garrett, who we'll talk about later, is my front runner currently. Um, but yeah, they're three and three right now. I still don't see them going anywhere. I just don't really see them as a true playoff contender. Big Ben looks aged. I'm more concerned on what quarterback they're going to draft in this upcoming class.
0: Well, Aaron Rodgers did say something like he wanted to go to Pittsburgh. He's not going to throw that out there unless he truly means it. Do you think Rodgers could be on his way to Pitt? Uh, it's possible because, like,
1: uh, the options are open for him. It's just, I don't know.
0: Now, the next team, and this is a team that won last night to get the record up to 3-3, three and three, uh, the Cleveland Browns. Now, this is the thing, A, how the hell did they lose that game um last week one? they should have never lost that game. they came out like juggernauts and they needed like five things to go wrong for them to lose that game, which it did um and they kind of like how can I say they I feel like they're treating the Nba the the NFL season excuse me as an NBA season. They're just kind of resting players for games. you know what I mean? it's like you haven't won anything like why are you resting players? Um, I just, I I question their back four, and I question Baker, and I question with how they're doing in this regular season, I think they need a home game. I don't know if they this team with Baker can go on the road and win a playoff game. What, what do you think about this Browns team? I was super high on the Brown team, Browns team coming in. I had them as uh, my Super Bowl participant from the AFC coming in, but they're just...
1: Heavily injured right now. Baker, I thought he would make that jump when he plays. He doesn't look dynamic. He doesn't look like that guy. He doesn't look like a franchise quarterback right now to me. Odell can't stay healthy for his life. Um, And the injuries are piling on. And also, I don't know if that's secondary. Like, the Chiefs and the Bills and the Chargers, those teams are going to carve them up. Um, So uh, the Browns have a lot of work to do before... I consider them a true Super Bowl contender. I'd still put them in that range, but
0: do you, so they got a lot of work to do. do you want to? Do you, would you consider them in the Super Bowl contenders right now to join them? Right now, no, okay. But I okay. wouldn't be surprised if they make that jump right, right back into it. Now, here's something to think about. Hypothetically, and let's say we play, Kurt, we put Kirk Cousins on the Cleveland Browns. Would you think that would increase, decrease, or stay the same their chances of winning the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, without Kirk Cousins playing this year, Kirk Cousins is definitely a
0: better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. I think it would greatly increase him. I mean, Cousins is able to drive the ball down the field when a score is needed. What's his face? Baker Mayfield, I, I don't trust him to do that. He's had numerous times to do that in the NFL, and he hasn't done it. And the game against the Cardinals was the game, hey, we have two offensive linemen out. We don't have Chubb. Uh we don't have our wide receiver two in Landry. This is you. Go out there, do your thing, lead us to victory. And I know he had had a, a shoulder issue, but he looked bad. He looked really bad. So I just I don't. I think Baker is going to limit this team, and it's the, his contract's coming up. Like this team is going to look dramatically different because they're going to have to pay all those guys and play Baker. So I just I don't know. I. I agree with you. They're not in my Super Bowl realm of teams, and their window's closing a lot faster, I think people realize. Um, Now, I thought this team was going to break out next year. I mean, they're balling out this year. They look good. I thought they were actually going to lose to the Lions. Came in, kicked their ass. Huge game this week on the road against Baltimore. Um, Jamar Chase, I mean, he has looked good. He's getting targeted all over the place. The additions they made on the defensive end have been great against the run. Uh, still a little worried, though, about the offensive line holding up in a pressure situation and making key blocks against good pass rushers. And they're back four, but, I mean, Jesus Christ, four and two for the Cincinnati Bengals? What What do you think about them? Yeah, they're definitely one of the biggest surprises of the season. Um,
1: the team just looks good, like so much better than last year. Um, I still am not sure the jury's not sure on whether they're like a true playoff contender because they could have just started hot but right now they look really good Joe Burrow I've been saying since last year like he played so much better than people thought I think people forgot about how he played before the injury he looked like a quarterback on like a PB football team that had no offensive line but was just amazing you could tell he was good Um, Jamar Chase he was my favorite player in the entire draft um, I'm happy to see he's proven me right with my analysis there. Um, but, yeah, it's still a wait and see. I still don't think they stack up uh, coaching-wise with the other teams in their division. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they keep it up, you know, or not. And that offensive line is still a question
0: mark. So, L- Listen to their bet last six games. Home against the Chargers. Home against the 49ers. At Denver. Home against the Ravens. Home against the Chiefs at Cleveland. I mean, that is a brutal stretch to end a season, especially if they're in the middle of a playoff push, needing to win games. I mean, that so that's why this 4 and 2 start was so important. Um they have the game against the Ravens, then they at the Jets, Browns bye, then Raiders, Steelers in that brutal 6-game stretch. Um I mean, do you think do You think Zach Taylor saved his job? No, I think he's awful. I mean, I I think he's awful. I don't understand with how many weapons they have, why they're playing at such a slow pace. You know what I mean? Like i I'd rather see this offense go. And maybe he's doing it because he feels his defense sucks and he doesn't want he wants to limit them on the field. But I really think like this offense, for as good as it's been, it's not as good as it's capable of. It hasn't reached its ceiling yet. I really
1: agree. Imagine this offense with Joe Brady or. Er-
0: Brian Dable, yeah. Well, speaking of Joe Brady, remind me when we get to the Panthers. I have to some Joe Brady stuff to tell you. Um, Now let's go to a team I was very high on, um, the Baltimore Ravens, five and one. um, I mean, it's crazy how seasons can change. How that you can look back at a season and say if something happened, you know, it would be different if. The referees would have called a false start or a delay of the game. There wouldn't have been that Tucker, um Tucker wouldn't have hit that sixty yard field goal. Um the end of that raven the end of the end of the Raven. The end of the Chiefs game. Insane. You know what I mean? Like this team has had a lot of stuff go their ways, but they're starting to get healthier in the back four. Offensive line is starting to figure it out. They still really don't have that feature running back. But Lamar's slinging the ball right now. Lamar is like, he is a dark horse MVP, I feel. And I feel that everyone's just kind of looking at Prescott, Stafford, Murray, and Brady. I mean, he's playing at a high level. And if he's able to throw the ball with confidence, and the defense can get healthy and can get to the quarterback, I really think this team could win a Super Bowl. What do you think of this Ravens team?
1: This Ravens team is... a went through, obviously, a lot of adversity with all the training camp injuries and the preseason injuries, and it kind of, like, felt like most people were looking at them like, dang, if they were healthy, then they would really challenge the Chiefs to the AFC this year. But no, like, Lamar's put the team on his back. He's been playing at a better, the best level I've ever seen him play, even better than the MVP season because he's throwing the ball all across the field. He has better command of the football, better pocket presence. I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing with Lamar. And then this Ravens run game can just manufacture yards. It doesn't matter who the running back is. So I'm
2: impressed with their offense. The defense looks pretty solid.
1: Um, Yeah, as they get healthier and healthier, this
0: is definitely a Super Bowl contender team. All right, so we're going to put them in the rounds of the Bills. So right now we got two teams we feel that could win a Super Bowl. Um, Now, real quick, how did you feel about that move that Harbaugh had whereas Jackson run for the X amount of yards, so that way they keep the streak alive of a, of so many straight hundred yard games. I felt it was kind of slimy, a little dirt ball, a bush league move. What did you feel? Yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. But if I was playing for him, I'd like it. But no, I wasn't a fan of it okay. as an outside. Now, now we're to the worst division by far in the NFL, the AFC South. Um. I mean, let's start off with this Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer sucks. And A, it's amazing he got that job. B, I don't understand the draft pick of Travis Etienne. C, it's to the point now with Urban, he's stunting Trevor Lawrence's growth. Um, And you can tell that just because as soon as they get into the red zone, um, they're... uh, he can't process. He's tucking and running. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's hurting Lawrence. It's going to hurt his development as a pro, keeping Meyer around. James Robinson is playing at an insane level now, so it makes the Etienne pick look even worse. I mean, I just, like, this is just a lost season, and I I think them winning against Miami was the worst thing that could happen because that meant Urban kept his job.
1: Mm-hmm. Jaguars so originally when the Urban Meyer got hired, I wasn't a big fan of it. I was like, All right, let's wait and see And I wish it would have doubled down from the instant that he was hired and been like, That's a bad hire because honestly, I was listening to this podcast the other day and I was talking about is Urban Meyer the worst coaching hire in modern NFL history? And at first I thought that was a little bit of an extreme title. But when you think about it, what exactly does he provide the Jaguars? He's not an ex an old guy. He's certainly not a culture guy, he's not a rah rah like uh, get your guys to play for him. Like, why did they hire him in the first place? Like, he's a good recruiter in college football, but this isn't college football, this is the NFL. So, really, I don't know what Arthur Myers uh, brings to the Jaguars. As you you said, Trevor Lawrence is being
0: damaged. Um, hopefully, he's not irreparable for the next coach. But, yeah, this Jaguars team is not exciting at all. Now, the thing that gets me is this Texans team is a fucking nightmare. But they got dudes that compete. You know what I mean? They got dudes that just fucking compete. You know, these old guys that are playing for their last contract. But this team, is they just don't have talent. At the end of the day, they play hard. They just don't have talent. And long neck Davis Mills is just too erratic. But I'll tell you what. Tyrod Taylor, hes a prof- he's a professional quarterback. He's not, I don't, He's. he can't lead you anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, he can't lead you to the promised land. But, I mean, I think this guy, I think Tyrod Taylor's a top 20 quarterback in the NFL, top 25 quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he was playing really good before he got hurt against that Browns, in the Browns game. Tyrod uh, Ty Taylor's whole
1: career is a little, a little bit unfortunate for him. Um, comparing the Texans and the Jaguars, they're both 1-5, but they're two completely different 1-5s. Like the Jaguars, I feel like they actually have talent on their roster. They can utilize, but it's just not being utilized. Whereas the Texans, I really feel like each team they play, they're punching above their weight class to try to compete with them. But they're doing so um, as best they can, which is what all you want from a rebuilding team.
0: Yeah. One of the bigger disappointing teams has been the Indianapolis Colts. How do you feel about them? I
1: played Colts, it's definitely been a disappointing year. Um, A lot of injuries piling up. And I feel like Chris Ballard, he needs to do a better job of hitting on more important uh, positions. Like he hit on the Quentin Nelson pick, he hit on the Darius Leonard pick. But a linebacker and a a guard aren't going to win you Super Bowls. He's hit on the quarterback picks, the uh, edge rusher picks, and the cornerback picks. Which he hasn't done in recent memory. So I think this upcoming draft is going to be very key on what um, India was called to do.
0: Now, I just, I don't know. I just, how can I say this? I don't understand why they're paying Naheem Hines like a top 10 running back. They don't use him properly. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's, I have a lot of issues with, How the Colts are ran And this season's been a completely disappointment Um, They're not getting to the quarterback Their safety I'm spacing on his name He's out for the season now Uh, This whole Carson Wentz injuries Like I call Carson Wentz the cooler I don't know, have you ever seen the movie The Cooler? (laughs) Yes You know what I mean? He is legitimately William H. Macy He's the cooler, dude Anywhere he goes, bad luck follows Um, Yeah, I just don't like this team at all Um, with that being said though, I'm really starting to question Frank, right. I don't understand. I look at that game against the Titans and Carson Wentz had two sprained ankles, could barely walk. And Jonathan Taylor had 10 touches. What the hell is that? You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't, I don't know. Just doesn't make sense to me. This claim is a complete and utter disappointment for me too. Um, I really expected them to win this division. Um, The next team is the Titans. Now, my thing about the Titans is this. I don't think they can win a Super Bowl. I'll give the offensive coordinator credit. In that Seahawks game, they totally changed their offense. They started going back to more of the run, Derrick Henry, uh, what Arthur Smith did. But the thing that sticks out to me is we're in the middle of the greatness of Derrick Henry. And what he's doing is effing insane. And no one's stepping back to appreciate it. And I just feel like it's, what he's doing is just getting lost in the mix. I think this team sucks. I think the defense sucks. Um, but, God damn, dude. Derek fucking Henry, man. This guy's a fucking beast. You know you know what I mean? He's just a fucking man-child.
1: Yeah, you keep thinking that Derek Henry, like, all those touches are going to add up at some point. But they never do. You know, he just keeps being productive. They know they're going to run the football, but he's still able to plow forward for five, six, seven yards and really be a focal point of this offense. Um, As far as the Titans as a whole, I don't really see them as a Super Bowl contender, as you just said. Um, Yeah, sure, they can compete with the Bills. They can compete with the Titans. But they're just too inconsistent on a a weekly basis. That secondary is a bit too mushy um, and can be carved up. Uh, the biggest thing that I think I was right about on the Titans, though, too, is I didn't think this Julio Jones signing was going to work out like most people in Tennessee thought it was. They thought he was going to be an instant thousand-yard receiver over there. And he's looked pretty bad when he has played. Um, I know he's been injured in and out of the lineup, but I don't know.
0: It hasn't worked like quite like how I thought it was. Tannehill is just not a dude. You know what I mean? He's just... You know what I mean? Like, I could argue that this team would be in the same position if they had Tyrod Taylor. Like, I just don't think Tannehill's the guy that's going to push it over the level. They are, they don't have a good enough defense to just ground and pound like like the Browns do. And, you know, they're just kind of wasting Henry, but, you know, what he's doing is fucking insane. And I will tell you guys this, DraftKings has them at 25-1 to to win um, MVP, Four to one to win Offensive Player of the Year. Unless he gets hurt, he's going to win one of those two awards. So you put fifty bucks on the twenty-five, to, then twenty-five to one, a hundred on the four hundred to one, four to one, and then call the day because unless he gets hurt, he's winning one of those awards. So that's what I would do with that. Um, now the the West. Um, let's start with probably the biggest disappointment in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs. I wasn't this high on this Chiefs team. I think I had them finishing second to the Chargers. And my worries were the defense. What was the offensive line? And this defense is awful. They can't stop anything. They look better against Washington. They are getting Chris Jones back. Offensive line, they're starting two rookies. They have been giving up some pressure. Um, I think the offense looks better with Damian Williams. You fantasy people out there will find this interesting. Damian Williams, one game starting, already has scored more points for the season than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I thought the pick was awful when they made it, and it, I think this year is just kind of proving how bad of a pick that was when you see the holes they have in the defensive front, the back four, and the front five. Uh, what do you think about the Chiefs?
1: I remember you had them second in the
0: division. Um, yeah. I know I personally i had them finishing first in the division. Um, but... I said that they would get off to a slow start, so this isn't necessarily super surprising to me. I still don't count them out. I still consider them one of the Super Bowl contenders because they can turn on at any given moment. Mahomes just
1: looks different this year. He looks very different than his uh, MVP year and the Super Bowl year. He just looks complacent to me. I don't know. Um, I think that they'll improve, obviously, because like I said, they can turn on at any moment. Uh, switching to Juan Thornhill and getting rid of, of Daniel Sorensen in, in the starting lineup—that's going to help their back four. Um, yeah, they get Chris Jones, or Chris Jones back, as you said. I'm not too
0: worried about the Chiefs. Um, they're getting everyone's best punch in the AFC, and they're just—that's just the way it is. Um, but they're going to recover. It'll be fun. Now, do you want to put them in the same conversation that they could—they w- could win a Super Bowl or not yet?
1: I still
0: would because it's okay. the Chiefs.
1: I think they have the benefit of the doubt. They just have some stuff to
0: figure out. Sometimes I just kind of feel they're like, "Here, Mahomes, go make it happen." That, like, honestly, that's what it looks like to me. Like, I really don't understand like what what they're doing. Um, next team, they start out great. They took advantage of their schedule. Now they have lost what what is it now three, four straight. The Denver Broncos last night. I don't understand. Like, the F- Ernest Johnson, he ran a 4 8 This guy's slow as fucking molasses. The linebackers were so lost, Forrest would creep up to the hole, and then he would just cut back. It was the same zone run every time, and these linebackers were like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Um, all their weapons on the wide receiving core are hurt, and Teddy Bridgewater is who he is. He's just not... He's a backup quarterback. Um, I'm at the point now with them that, A, I think there's two big changes that need to be made there to kind of just try to save the season, as crazy as it sounds. I think instead of a split backfield, I think Javante Williams is more of a home run hitter, better in the zone blocking because he's a zone runner. I think he needs to, I think it needs to at least be a 65-35 split with him and Melvin Gordon or 60-40 at the worst. And Drew Lock, he'll press it down the field. He'll he'll take more chances, and that's what you need because right now your offense can't do anything. Even when they're playing all those cupcakes, their offense was only twenty seventh in the NFL because they start off their year with what? What well, their like their schedule was easy. What was it? Giants.
1: It was like Giants, Jets, and one more bad team.
0: Yeah, Giants, Jets, and then like some other shitty team, and they just yeah, like I with. They have talent, their defense is good When healthy, they have some injuries In the linebacking core But, um, yeah, I just I, I, I think now's the time they need to make a change Just say, hey, lock here it is Because let's be honest, like, long term It's not lock or Bridgewater If you can get into the playoffs this year with a lock, You do it, but you gotta, like See if he can do it, you know what I mean? Because Bridgewater can't do it Yeah, I think they definitely took advantage of their Easy schedule early on
1: um there's not a whole lot to say about this team. This team desperately needs a quarterback. So hopefully they get Aaron Rodgers for pursuing him heavily over the offseason. Um the linebacking quarter is atrocious. Like as you said, they couldn't deal with cutbacks.
0: And Bangio I think he's kind of stale. Huh? I think they might need a new mind in there. Yeah, I think Bangio's just a defensive coordinator. I I hate Pat Shermer. I think. I think this whole thing just needs to be blown up, bringing new people, and just, like you said, try to get a quarterback, Rogers, whoever. Um, next team, I mean, they're a shocking 4-2. and two. I had only went, this team winning six games. Um, they shouldn't have won the game against the Ravens. They shouldn't have won the game against the Steelers. Um, I feel the game against the Broncos was kind of an emotional game because of the change with Gruden and everything. Um, I'm still not buying this team. I I'd be shocked if they ended up winning seven games, winning three more, winning three of their last ten. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I just they have a ton of injuries in the secondary, and it's funny like when you watch these quarterbacks throw, like someone like I'll use Justin Herbert. You watch Herbert and Mahomes and even Burrow. These guys can throw touch passes. Uh, lasers, they can throw everything. Every time I watch Derek Carr throw, it's like he's doing that thing where he's trying to like loft it into a basket. You know what I mean? There's like no no zip on his throw whatsoever. Everything's like lofty. I don't know. I'm just not buying this this Raiders team at all. Yeah, uh, when they started off like 3-0 and or whatever it was, I was starting to buy him. And I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong with the Raiders because defense looked really good. Derek Carl looked like he was playing like he did in 2016 or 2018, whatever that MVP candidacy year was. But I don't know. Um, now that we're further along the season, the math is off. Like, you can see them for who they really are. I feel like for them, the Broncos, it was just them taking advantage of, like, getting teams at good times. Now that we're further
1: on into the season, you, you really see their flaws. Their Carr doesn't look like that 2016 quarterback again. They're not running the football particularly well. The defense is reverting back to how it was a year ago. Um, and then I don't think the change with Gruden is sustainable. Because Gruden, as Say whatever you want about him as a person. But he was a good offensive coach. And he got his players play for him. So, I don't know. Not too excited about the rest of the year for the Raiders, as you mentioned. Um, They're definitely a class below the Chiefs and the Chargers for me. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I just don't see that team at all. I think they're going to struggle. I think you're going to finish them toward the bottom. Next team, my team. My freaking Austin Eckler jersey Hopefully I win it because he's on every one of my goddamn fantasy owners, fantasy teams. Those who don't know, if you own Austin Eckler in fantasy football and you win, po- post on Instagram, post on Twitter, and he selects one random person to get a signed jersey from him. I've been hyping Austin Eckler since March. I locked this team into 35-1. to 1. Um, I'm worried about them stopping the run. They're better than I thought they were going to be, and I love absolutely love Staley. And the reason because I love him is this. In critical situation, he lets his players make plays. You know what I mean? All this analytics bullshit, not analytics, but like old mind football. You know what I mean? Is just completely out the window. He wants his players making plays. And I love it, dude. We're down 14 to nothing. We're getting our ass kicked. We need to do something to win the game. We have it fourth and whatever, deep on our own zone. Let's go for it. You know what I mean? Like he's trying, he's trying different stuff, trying to flip the momentum. I love what I see from him. Mike Williams is developed, is more than just the deep field stretcher that Anthony Lynn thought he was. Um, they're good Murray back. Murray will definitely help against the run. Um for the most part, your boy James has stayed healthy. I mean, I like this team. I think this team can win the Super Bowl.
1: Of this Chargers team, Uh, just like you, I was pretty high on them. I had them in game, hot Chiefs for the division. Um, Herbert looks like an MVP candidate apart from last week. Um, Austin Eckler, he's a fantasy league winner, as you mentioned. Mike Williams, the difference is night and day from last year. Um, Stanley, I think he's going to be a great coach for years. Um, I know before the season I locked him in to win the coach of the year for me.
0: Um, Yeah, the only thing I'm worried about for this team, I feel like they're a year or two away. they got to get through some growing pains. I don't know about a Super Bowl this year. They're definitely a contender. But with that run defense, the Ravens will be able to run all over them. Um, The Titans will be able to run all over them. I'm just a little worried about that. But as far as everything else, this team has a bright, bright future ahead of them ahead of them. Also, not to mention, we haven't talked about Rashawn Slater, who's been amazing so far. Oh, he's been fucking insane. Like, absolutely, positively insane. Um, Now, I think that, but I think we have to put him in the class with the Bills, Ravens, and Chiefs as one of the teams that could win the Super Bowl, though. Great. Yeah, I could totally see it. And in my eyes right now, if you were to rank the quarterbacks that are playing the best, I mean, I, Lamar won Herbert 1A, I would say. You know what I mean? I feel those two right now are playing the best out of anyone at the quarterback position. And there's a little bit of separation, as crazy as it sounds, between the rest of the pack. um So now let's shift our attention to the NFC. We'll, we'll start with the East. um I thought this team was going to be a lot better. I mean, I they lost... To the Falcons, a lot of injuries, late second field goal. Um, they had the BS offsides in the field goal against the football team. Uh, the score was 10 10 before everybody and their aunt got hurt, before Jones went down in the Cowboys game. And then against the Rams, I they, I looked to me like they quit on Judge. Judge, to my eyes, he's a complete bluff. He had no idea that Daniel Jones was practicing. You know what I mean? After that concussion, this team is a nightmare. Um, it's I think they need to redo their whole coaching staff and yeah, move on from Daniel Dimes. But the thing is, is this quarterback class? I'm just not really that high on. So yeah, it's kind of a funky time for the Giants right now. Yeah, as a Giants fan, I'm not a whole lot to smile about right now. Um, I know coming into the year. We we're priding ourselves on that blue collar culture, that mentality that we we're going to fight for every whistle or fight to every whistle and play hard. But it just looks like Judge doesn't have the locker room right now. And that's really surprising considering where we were last year. Um, Daniel Jones, he looks, he's one of like the silver linings of this year. I still don't believe he's a
1: franchise quarterback. But as you mentioned, this quarterback class is super weak. Um, but, uh, Saquon Barkley. I really feel like the Giants can't get the best out of him. Um, I think he'd be killer in an outside zone scheme like Minnesota or Tennessee or even Green Bay. But with the Giants, they just don't have the run blocking for him. And I don't even believe Saquon can stay healthy, which is a shame because he has so much talent. Um, The defense looks like a shadow of itself from last year. This is a really bad time to be a Giants fan, to be honest.
0: Now, let me ask you this. Hypothetically... Baker and Jones switch spots. Are the Giants better or in exactly the same spot? Exactly
1: the same spot. Maybe maybe even a little worse without Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has played good this year, so I'd say he's slightly better than yeah, I mean, um, I think, Baker Mayfield. I think
0: that he... I think if Jones was on the Browns, Browns would be better. As crazy as it sounds, because he was playing at a good level. Um, next team, now... I'm going to give out this bet, you know, I locked in yesterday morning Eagles plus 400 to make the playoffs. Um I think Sirian is an idiot. I think I hate how he's not giving Miles Sanders the ball enough, but with how they play and their schedule lines up, you know, I think this team, I'm not saying they're going to make the Super Bowl or anything, but I think they could make one of the wild cards cuz I mean You look at their schedule, they play the Raiders this week. I think that's a winnable game. I think they actually win that game. Then they play the Lions, winnable game. Chargers, you know, they'll probably lose. Then they play the Broncos, winnable game. Saints, at home, winnable game. Giants, winnable game. Jets, winnable game. And then they got two games against the football team, one against the Giants, one against the Cowboys. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule. I mean, I think they could, the Chargers game is the only game I see them losing. You know what I mean? Like, I think they could make a little run, and I think they could sneak into the playoffs on the wild card team. They are better than I gave them credit for. Do
1: you believe that they stick with Jalen Hurts?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think if they're winning, I think they're going to stay with him. Long term answer, fuck no. Long term answer, he's not the guy. But for what they are right now, yeah, because they have the Dolphins pick, and they have one other, and they, what they have the Colts pick too. So, I saw something crazy where it was during the Bucks game. Like, if the season were to end during the Bucks game, they would have three top 10 picks. So, I think they're going to be in a position to add some players. But I just don't, I'm not high on this quarterback class. So, I think, you know, it's kind of one of those things by Jones. He's kind of the quarterback by default until you get a better option. And yeah, I mean, I really didn't, I really stepped. I really tippy-toed around that question, didn't I? I don't think, long, I don't think you can win a championship with Hurts as your quarterback, but I don't think there's any better option for them right now.
1: Right. Um, as far as the Eagles, Sirianni, I'm, I'm just so low on him. It uh, doesn't look like much of an upgrade from Peterson, to be honest, from last year. Peterson was awful. Um,
2: the team still has talent, so it's able to make that run. I wasn't aware of how favorable the schedule they have over the next couple weeks. So, props to you for bringing that to light.
0: Because that's honestly a good bet. I mean, it's it's an insane schedule, man. You know, it is a fucking insane schedule. And, I mean, like, you look like, you know, they destroyed the Falcons. I mean, they played the 49ers tough. Cowboys game got completely destroyed. That Chiefs game is a little closer than the 12-point deficit. Um, they had no business being the Panthers team, but they battled. And, you know, that Bucks game, they only lost by six. So, you know, I'm a little... I don't know. I, I was wrong on this Eagles team. I think I think they could, they could make a little bit of a run. Um, another disappointment, the football team. Both you and I, I believe, had winning this division. Negative 50 point differential. Uh, William Jackson looks completely lost in zone coverage. Linebackers can't cover anything. Front four is not getting to the quarterback. Um, I thought it was insanely low class what they did to honor the late, great Sean, Sean Taylor, just kind of piecing that together. It looked like they just rushed it together. You know what I mean? There was nothing going on. Your owners out there honoring one of the best of all time who tragically lost his life in a home invasion in sweats. I mean, it was this organization is just so effing low class to me. And I mean, they're, they're awful this year. Granted, they have Fitz, they lost Fitzpatrick. They have no quarterback. They don't give Antonio Gibson enough touches. McLaren's hurt. This team, I'm completely off this team. I was completely wrong about this team. They, yeah, completely wrong. Defense sucks. Offense sucks. completely low track, low class organization. What do you think about the football team?
1: So going into the year, I really did not want to put um, the football team winning the division again, but I couldn't see a way that it wouldn't come together because. They accumulated a lot of talent. William Jackson is a great corner, usually. Um, And this defense is just so good. The offense has pieces around it. So I just didn't see a world in where it didn't come together. But I guess we're living through it now. Um, The defense is so bad. Like, it it doesn't make any sense to me. They're not getting pressure. They're not covering people. Can't tackle. Um, And then offensively, Antonio Gibson's your best player. feed him the ball. It seems like they're just kind of putting the ball in Taylor Heineke's hands and just saying, win us the game like he's Patrick Mahomes. Um, that's not a recipe for success as far as the Sean Taylor ceremony. That was absolutely classless and disrespectful. Um, and it was just seemed rushed to try to cover up that email scandal that was going on. Uh,
0: yeah, so. Yeah, I just, I hate this team. Absolutely hate this team. Um, completely wrong. Another team I was wrong on, was the Cowboys. Um, they're this year's Miami Dolphins. That's like, when some people ask me, that's the only analogy I can give. They're getting every single fucking bounce on the defensive side. Um, They've recovered five of their own, like seven fumbles this year, which is insane. They're just getting everything to go their way. It is what it is. You know, Mike McCarthy can't manage a clock to save his life. You have Peyton Manning on the paying telecast just bitching him out for his timeouts. I like what this team is going to win the division. They're going to be in the playoffs. I can't wait to bet against them because I think they're fool's gold, but I will give them credit. They are winning games.
1: Yeah. The Cowboys, um, I honestly thought they were going to be this last year. I thought they were going to be a, a super bowl contender, um, on the outside, but this year I just didn't believe it. I saw how bad McCarthy was. I didn't believe the hard knocks hype that I saw. Um, but, no, this year they look much better. I don't believe that they're with the Rams, the Buccaneers, and those teams of the NFC. But still, like, I think Cowboys fans legitimately can say they have a chance. Um, I don't think this turnover machine that they have in Trayvon Diggs is going to keep up his uh, interception level. But right now they got a good thing going right now. Um, and Michael Parsons is flying across the ball. Um, they're winning games right now. That's... All they can, I can say for them right now.
0: Now, do we put them in the conversation with the four other teams? I I don't think so. But what what say you?
1: Uh, I'd say I like kind of classify my Super Bowl contenders as a firm Super Bowl contender, like outside Super Bowl contender. I consider them on the outside, whereas like the firm contenders,
0: I consider it like the Rams. And then the Buccaneers in the NFC. Those are the two like, All right, I so feel the, very confident in. So, we had, so what I'm saying is our list of, like, the Bills, Ravens, Chiefs. No, they're not quite those. Yeah. Yes. Now, let's go to the North. Lions suck. There's no point, dude. This team, like, they look like the team in the flat spot, not the Bengals. You have Campbell calling out Jared Goff. Uh, like, this team, like... I hated the the Campbell hire. He's here. They signed a six-year contract. He fucking sucks. Like, no. Like, I just, like, yeah. I, I, I can't say anything. Well, let me rephrase that. I like what Aaron Glenn is doing. That's the only thing I have to say about the Lions. What say you? I mean, they were fighting earlier on in the year.
1: I just feel like they're just so devoid of talent. And it's going to be a while before they can regroup that talent in the draft. Uh, Campbell, I don't think he's the long term answer. I think he should be there for like two, three years to get the culture right, and then they move on to someone who actually has X's and O's knowledge. Um, but yeah, like like we mentioned, there's no quarterback who are they going to draft? Lee Willis, Carson Strong.
0: That's not going to change your franchise. So the uh, Lions are in a predicament. Yeah, but, yeah, we're, we saw. And the thing is, is like people are realizing how good Stafford is. Like, if Stafford was here, this team would probably have three three wins. You know what I mean? Like, they would have three wins. Um, and Galladay is nobody without Stafford. Galladay was perceived as a top-ten wide receiver. Now look at him. You know what I mean? Like, he's a forgotten guy. Um, Chicago Bears. The thing the Bears did, uh, they went from 8th in pace to 30th in pace when they switched the fields. They're running everything max protect, and they're running the ball 60% of the time. Um... I really think you need to take the handcuffs off with Fields and kind of let him eat a little bit. Um, But I really feel that Nagy's coaching for his job and what he's doing is, hey, we're just going to control the clock, run the ball and play defense and I'm trying to hold on for as long as I can. I just, yeah, I just, I don't like Nagy. I think if they had a better coach, this team would be interesting and could win a playoff game, but they are what they are. They just run the ball and play defense right now.
1: Yeah, Nagy's time is definitely up. Um, honestly, though, I feel like the offense is better with Dalton. I think it brings about the conversation. Why are we rushing so many young quarterbacks to just throw them into the fire? Um, Fields has struggled. Lance has struggled when he's played. Wilson struggled. And Lawrence has struggled. Um, I think there is value in letting the veteran QB show the young QB the ropes. Um I think we're seeing it with Fields. The whole Justin Fields experience—you see the good, you see the bad, and you also see the ugly with Justin Fields right now. Um, this year, I just hope Justin Fields' growth isn't stunted by the training wheels that they have on this offense right now. Hope that doesn't affect his confidence.
0: Um, Allen Robinson doesn't look like the same receiver he was. Um, That's because he's not getting the ball. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. just—he's he's not getting the ball, so there's not much he can do. You know, like. Yeah, he's it's they're they're an absolute train wreck, <laughs> an absolute train wreck. Um, the next team, and it's kind of this like every year there's like this random team that I just f- fall in love with for whatever reason, and I find myself like on red zone because the Lions suck, like rooted <laughs> like rooting for them, and that's the Minnesota Vikings, man. Like I don't know, maybe it's because Cousins went to state, um. Yeah, I mean, I their offensive line is figuring it out. It took them a while, like I said, losing Dennison, figuring it out, getting better. Um, Cousins is playing at a great level. Defense is getting better every single day, every single game. Um, they're on a bye this week, but I think that game next week against the Cowboys, I'm really looking forward to that game. Um, yeah, I think this team could make a push to make it get in the playoffs. Um hopefully losing that Bengals game and the cards game doesn't bite them in the ass. But yeah, I I like this Vikings team. I could see them making a playoff push like the Eagles, maybe sneaking in as the third team. But yeah, the fun team, good team to watch, but not really they you know what I mean? They're like a, a five hundred team. They they are what I thought they were gonna be.
1: Yeah, I like this Vikings team. Um They're three and three, correct? Yep, three and three. Yeah, there are a couple bounces, a couple missed field goals away from being five and one, four and two. So I think they should be very optimistic about where they are right now. Kirk Cousins is playing some of the best football of his life. Defense doesn't look half bad. O line, as you said, it's young and it's coming together, which is just uh, great for the future. I don't, yeah, like I don't believe that they can compete with a. Uh, elite of the NFC, but they can definitely sneak into a playoff spot. I, I feel like that race for the six and seven seeds of the and, uh, of the playoffs are going to be very tight. So they can definitely take advantage, especially if you have like teams like the Forty ers and the Seahawks, them struggling to figure it out. They can definitely sneak in there and grab one of those later seeds.
0: Now, let's go to the Green Bay Packers. Now, um, yeah, they finally have a positive point differential. Um, I don't know, like when I watch this team and I, I can't put my finger on it, but something's just not right. Like, okay. I, I know they're missing Alexander. They're missing King offensive line the hasn't looked great. There's the whole Aaron Rodgers issue, but I think in terms of five and one teams that are bluffs, I think this team is right there with the Cardinals. I know the Cardinals haven't lost yet and we'll talk to them later, but I think this team's a bluff. I'm not buying this team as a Super Bowl contender, but, you know, they are the cream of the division like we thought they were going to be.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of their 13-3 year where everyone didn't think they were that good, but they still made it to the NFC Championship and still had a 13-3 record. But then they finally got exposed and they ran into a true team. That's kind of how I see the Packers right now. Um, Just a very unimpressive, uninspiring 5-1 right now. It feels like they're kind of sleepwalking through the regular season. Um, they've got a couple lucky bounces. Obviously, the Bengals kicker um, could have put to, put to bed the game uh, for them to be 4-2. So, yeah, I just feel like I'm not too high on the Packers right now, but they're still winning the division. They're still going to be a playoff contender.
0: And then they have Aaron Rodgers. They can wake up at any given moment. So. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you with that uh Falcons two and three they look better every single game on um, their offensive stats i feel a little skewed because of what they did in london to the jets but uh another team they need to improve their offensive line need to improve their back four through the draft um but with matt ryan's contract they can't move off from them yeah it's just it's just a nightmare right now they're just stuck this is what they're gonna be until ryan's contract comes off the books bottom bottom half of the division and kind of struggling a little bit. Yeah, I don't really understand that
1: restructuring of Matt Ryan's contract. It looks even worse now. Uh, they're finally starting to get Kyle Pitts involved, which I appreciate. Calvin Ridley's been very disappointing. I drafted him in multiple fantasy leagues. He hasn't been that
0: true alpha wide receiver one that I thought he was going to show that he can be. Yeah, yeah, they're just a train wreck. But I think they have looked better each game. Um Next one is the Carolina Panthers. Now, anyone that listens to anything I do knows how I feel about Sam Darnold. You know how I feel about Sam Darnold. He sucks. Like, he is awful. He, in my eyes, he is the worst quarterback in the NFL. Um, He can't make throws. He looks at one side of the field. Brady has completely... Dumb down the playbook for him. Only has him do two reads. Not there. Just tells him to run. I mean, he just can't process a field. He makes awful throws. He's the reason that they had no business losing that Eagles game. He lost in that Eagles game. Last three games after the three and zero start, his completion percentage is below sixty percent. He's got five INTs. Yeah, he's just he's just not that good and. My friends that live in the Carolinas, they're saying that people are blaming Joe Brady. Joe Brady's offense runs better when you have a quarterback that can run. The threat of the RPO, Darnold can't run. I think it's just a bad fit. This team, in my eyes, isn't going anywhere with Darnold. Like I said, they would. They got three wins because they had a cupcake schedule. Um, Yeah, this team sucks. I thought preseason, I still think they're awful. What do you say to you about the Panthers?
1: And those are just like the Broncos and the Raiders, those teams that took advantage of easy early schedules and did well with what they had. And now they're starting to get exposed as they play better and better teams. Um, Sam Darnold looked good in the first three games, but ever since he's looked really bad. And so if this is a Sam Darnold Carolina got, then um, they're definitely going to have to move on and try Philip Walker soon. Um, but if he looks like the first three games, then... They have got something for for now. I think like if Sam Darnold plays the way he did in the first three games, they can he took the playoffs, um, which would be good for like a young team, uh, build some culture, uh, just be nice for them. But um, overall, they're still behind the Saints and the Buccaneers for the division. So, but I, I like the direction the Panthers are heading.
0: Okay, yeah, like I just this year they suck. They're not a playoff team in mind. I had them under seven and a half wins. And I think I still like that bet. Um, Saints, weird team, man. Like, it's yeah, just a weird team, dude. Like, this team to me, it's just so week to week what you're gonna get. You know what I mean? They had no business winning that um, Patriots game, but they got two turnovers. What oh, they got? They got a pick six, a turnover deep in the Patriots territory that led to points. Um, that one TD by Whit- Winston, he just threw it off to Callaway. Yeah, this. It's tough to trust this team because the offense just isn't as explosive. Uh, their best play is the quarterback power with Taysom Hill. Um, defense, yeah, it's not it's not as good as it's been in years past. Maybe that's the injuries, but yeah, I just I don't know. I this Saints team to me, you know, it, it's just hasn't been that impressive. I thought they're going to be uh, seven and eleven and. I don't know. I haven't really seen anything that has changed my mind. Yeah, not quite sure what to make on of the
1: Saints team. I've been trying to bet on the NFL recently. Whenever I see the Saints game appear, I just don't even bet on that game because you have no idea what you're going to get from them. Um, they're a team that no one really wants to play, but no, no one's really trying to avoid either. Um, they're just kind of middle of the pack. Um, they need a true answer at quarterback, Jameis. Look very up and down this year. Taysom Hill we know isn't the answer. Um, That wide receiver core is still terrible. Um, I don't think Michael Thompson is coming back anytime soon.
0: Defense looks like a shadow of what it was from those NFC Championship type their aspiration days. Yeah, I don't know what to make of the Saints. They're definitely the most interesting team in the NFL. Oh, by far. And it's not, it's, you know what I mean? It's not even, even close. Um how interesting they are and like because they're so week to week you know what i mean let's like no, they're just i don't know not inconsistent i will say this i don't know if you have tiktok but that tight end johnson him and his wife are fucking hilarious if you guys aren't following really? oh my god dude it is they are so funny on tiktok she does this thing like my morning as an nfl wife and she's like, I have to pour half a glass of warm water, half a glass of cold water. He likes exactly three cubes of ice in his water, and then I have to go to Starbucks and I always buy him two orders in case they make one of the orders wrong, and then that way he he won't be bad. Just just stuff that it's just so effing out there and funny, you know what I mean? And like she did one yesterday. Was it last week? Like pretending that they broke up. I don't know, dude. It's like and she took a hinge date to the game. I don't know. it was so it was so funny, dude. Like, you know what I mean? They're it they're an underrated TikTok foul. Um, Buccaneers, yeah, dude, like I understand this team is a nightmare in the secondary, but it will get better. Um, because of that, it it's hard to trust them if it doesn't get better. But they will be getting people back, and it will be better. Because of that, I think the Buccaneers can win a Super Bowl like they did last year. Offensive line playing great. Fournette, Fournette's better now. Like, Brady has helped Fournette and long made his career a little bit longer. Um, yeah, I, I like this Buccaneers team. I am worried about their back end covering games right now. But in terms of winning a Super Bowl, I'm not that concerned about them. I think they can easily do it because people will be coming back. What do you say about the Bucks?
1: Yeah, the Bucks are going to get healthier. It's insane what Tom Brady's doing at his age. For him to look as good as he does at his age is just remarkable. Um, the fact that they got Antonio Brown playing like this for the price that they got him for is ridiculous. It's got to be one of the best wide-receiving cores of all time. Leonard Fournette's playing better. Um, the no line's still good. Yeah, I don't have any... Uh, questions
0: about this Bucks team? Yeah, are going to be up there. You know what I mean? It's hard to question this. It's, it's hard to question them. Um, next team is and then we're going to the uh, West, our last division of the NFC. Um, now are they started the season without their center, left tackles banged up. That led to Wilson being hurt. Um, yeah, I. They just wasted Russell Wilson. This team is slowly, after their little super, their back-to-back Super Bowls, their little Super Bowl run they had getting there with uh, Russell Wilson, they're turning into the Detroit Lions, wasting Matthew Stafford. They're just not giving Wilson the pieces. Wilson wants out now. He's hurt. Um, are we going a Are we going to see Wilson leave? And if so, where would he go? And B, what do you think about him for the season?
1: I think that they're going to struggle with Geno Smith under center. Um, so Wilson's not going to really be in a rush to get back if they're just kind of, like, fighting maybe for a playoff spot. Um, and I think that really brings about the question of his future. I don't know where you would trade him right now. I don't know if the Seahawks are willing to part with him right now. But he definitely wants out. Um, and I think he's justified in doing that. They've wasted so much of his time. Um <laughs> And just made stupid decisions playing like it's 1980 still for so long. I don't know. The Seahawks team, like you said, that's a perfect analogy. They're like the Lions wasting Matthew, Matthew Stafford's career. So. Yeah.
0: No, it's just so we both agree. I mean, I, I wasn't high on this team to begin with, um, but it's kind of hard to grade them because of the injuries to Wilson on the offensive line. Um, next, the 49ers. My comments about the 49ers are this is A. Uh, losing for debt in the secondary completely hurts them. Um, I think Shanahan has regressed as a play caller. He's not as good a play caller as he used to be. Um, I I feel that they're setting up Garoppolo to fail, that they really want Lance to be the starter. If that's If that's it, fine, let Lance be the starter. And there's nothing worse as an NFL player being in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. Look at Dante Pettis. He had those couple good games a couple years ago. Got in the doghouse, never saw the field again. Brandon Auk, uh, Trey Sermon. Like, I I don't even know, man. Like, I, I think this 49ers team is a wreck. But there's still even odds to make the playoffs, which is mind-boggling to me. This is their schedule. Tell me what you think about the schedule. They have the Colts this Sunday. To me, that's a toss-up game. What do you think about you? Yeah, that could really go either way. Then they go Halloween at Chicago, early start, on a short week. I think that's a tough game, too, just because of the situation. Then they play Cardinals-Rams. Those games are going to be tough. At Jags, okay, they should win that. Vikings, that game is going to be tough. December, you don't know what's going to happen with Russell Wilson. Okay, so that's a question mark. They go at Cincinnati. That game's going to be tough. They go home against the Falcons, at the Titans, Texans, Rams. They really only have two, what I count for sure, winnable games there. This this schedule to me is harder than the Eagles schedule. I just don't understand why everyone has all this love for the 49ers, like rebounding and making the playoffs.
1: I think mostly it's Kyle Shanahan, best for the doubt. But this year, it's just been tough. Like, what happened to Scheming Guys Open? What happened to that? A leech and a hand scheme. Um, I, I know I dropped a lot of Trey Sermon in, in fantasy leagues and Brandon I expecting them to make some jumps. Um, that just hasn't happened. The offense looks almost not creative, which is crazy to say for a Kyle Shanahan offense. I don't think a, a raw Trey Lance is going to be the answer to unlock this offense either. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm very sour on the 49ers right now, which is a shame because coming into the year, it looked like they, they would be a Super Bowl contender and they were out to remind people of what they
0: were, uh, but it doesn't look like that's the case anymore. Yeah, they've been brutal, man. Um, next team, the Rams. Like, a for me, this team's in the mix. Uh, people are tr- truly re- realizing, um, how good Matt Stafford is. Um, Cooper Cup looks great. I'm a little worried about the losses on the defense. Um, if Daryl, you know what I mean? Like, if the offensive line can hold up, but there hasn't been anything that I've seen from them that where I'm just like, hey, this team isn't it. You know what I mean? Like, to me, this team checks all the boxes off, and I could easily see them winning a Super Bowl. You and I were both high on this team. I think I had them going to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I, I like what I see from them.
1: Yeah, they were my preseason pick to win the Super Bowl. Um, right now, that's not really changing. They just seem like the most well-balanced team in the NFL right now, um, especially with the injuries that the Buccaneers are having right now. This Rams seem like there's just not really like a lot to say about it that's negative. Um, I guess you could say Daryl Henderson. They He's not hitting some of the holes correctly, um, but yeah, uh, Cooper Cup may experience some touchdown regression. But really, though, like those are the only nitpicky things that I could really say. Matthew Stafford is out to show why um, he's out to prove all the haters wrong for all his years of disrespect in Detroit. Um, McVeigh is on a mission to prove himself right by getting a new quarterback and taking them to where uh, to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, Aaron Donald's still a game wrecker. Defense looks good. Jalen
0: Ramsey is amazing. Yeah, I'm still super high on the Rams. It's between them and the Buccaneers right now. Everyone else is a tier below the NFC. And it's a big tier below. Um, (laughs) Next team, the Cardinals. My eyes, I got two ways of thinking about this. Um, one One of my friends, he made a comment. He goes, do you think that the Cardinals are looking as good as they have been offensively because they finally have all the pieces Clingensberry wanted. What do you think about that comment?
1: I think definitely having Larry Fitzgerald in the slot for years kind of hindered their progression. Because if you think about Clingensberry's offense, he wants like that fast slot receiver, so that's why they're putting Rondale Moore out there, or Christian Kirk out there, and that's helping them because there's so much more dynamic this year on offense. Um, the defense is finally figuring it out. They have a bunch of people that can fly to the ball. Um, yeah. I got better in leadership with Chandler Jones and J.J.
0: Uh, Watt. Now, yeah, so. on the flip side of that, I think this team is a complete bluff. Um, <laughs> like I'm not buying this team at all. Uh, they should have lost the Vikings if Joseph would have made a field goal. They're down 11 late in the third against the Jaguars. At one point, according to ESPN, the Jaguars had a 95% chance to win that game. Um, they taught the Rams in a total flat spot and dude, like Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland was resting offensive tackles on a short week just because they weren't, they weren't fearful of them. I'm not buying this Cardinals team at all. Um, they're off to a five and start star and I'll, I'll let you know right now, man, I bet the Texans plus 17 for Sunday. So I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm just not high on this team. I think they're a total bluff. Of course, they're going to make the playoffs with a great start they had, but I'm going to be looking to fade them. What do you think about the cards?
1: I the 6-0 and is 6-0 at the end of the day, but they remind me a lot of last year's Steelers. Yep. They're better than that team, I feel like, but they're just finding ways to win. There's nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't mean that they're the best team in the NFL. Um, in the NFL, there's so many matchups and so many, like, you catch people here. There's injuries here a record doesn't mean you're, you're the best team in the NFL. Um, I'd say they're about the fifth best team, maybe, yeah, right now in the NFL. But I still don't consider them a contender, well, like, a contender as much as the Rams or the, the Buccaneers or some team like that. Yeah, I don't even think they're better than the AFC cream of the crop, like the, the Bills and the Ravens right now.
0: Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, my power rankings, I think I have them third, just out of record respect, but that's it. Um, so basically... Per Sterling and I, your six teams that can win the Super Bowl are Bills, Ravens, Chiefs, Chargers, Buccaneers, and Rams. Um, Sterling, thank you for coming on, taking um, time out of your Friday. Why don't you tell everyone, A, where they can find you on social media and stuff you have planned for your posts and everything.
1: Okay, so follow me on Silverstar Sports on Instagram. That's Silverstar and then underscore and sports. I just posted my NBA uh, preview and predictions the other day. I've got some more NFL content. I'm um, going to post like some of these pieces that we talk about individually and go down a bit further into them. Um, but no, uh, the NFL season's been exciting. So I'm going to post more on there. I know we got the World Series coming up soon. Definitely going to post about that. Um, So, yeah, just follow me along for the ride. Uh, Thanks for having me, as always. It's always a great time getting to talk football,
0: basketball, whatever we're we're talking about. Um, But, yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome, man. I appreciate you taking time. Look forward to um, talking to you again. And, uh, you know, maybe in, like, another five or so weeks we can get together and kind of put together the last playoff pushes and kind of, like, dive into this a little bit more. You have a good day, and uh, we'll talk soon, my friend.
3: Yeah, appreciate you.
0: Have a good day. So now we're going to shift our attention to the NBA. NBA started this week. It's been an insane week in the NBA news on the court and off the court. We're bringing back Dylan from Instagram, a.k.a. DC underscore, underscore sports guy. Dylan, how you doing today, man?
2: I'm good, Eric. How are you?
0: I'm doing good, man. No complaints. No complaints at all, man. It's been a crazy first week of the NBA. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I missed it, man. I, I missed my little baby.
2: Yeah, I missed I miss NBA basketball. I mean, the NFL's been great so far, but there's really nothing like the NBA as far as um, competitive games, down to the wire games, and just the amount of games you just get on a normal basis. You know, on like a Tuesday night, you could watch a great game, whereas the NFL, you got to wait for a monday thursday or um a sunday
0: oh yeah and i mean like a league pass is free right now um and i had on god what game was it like pacers hornets i had that game on when i was doing my prep work for the for the week and uh like legitimately a eric collins who calls those games for the hornets that dude is unbelievable, man. That guy oh, could yeah. make a, okay. that, guy is awesome. <laughs> that guy could make a Wednesday in Charlotte sound like Game Seven of the NBA Finals. Yeah. I mean, that game, the crowd was electric. I mean, it's I just, I just fucking missed it. Dude. I I I can't describe how much I missed it, and I mean, it was just a crazy like first three days of the NBA, and obviously, there's a couple big stories going on. The first big story off the court is this whole like 76ers, Ben Simmons stuff. I got an alert when I was in my car today saying that Simmons claims he's not mentally ready to come back to work. He can't mentally get over what the stuff between Embiid and Doc Rivers. He got thrown out of practice. There's the video of him in practice with a cell phone in his pocket. Um and then allegedly after he got kicked out of practice, he went to a tip bar. Like I just I just don't even, like, this whole thing to me is just mind-boggling. A, what are your thoughts about this whole Ben Simmons situation? And B, do you think he's going to get traded? Do you think they're going to, like, um, work something out where he comes back? Like, how is this going to get resolved?
2: Yeah, so I understand the thought process that Simmons currently has. Because, like, it really takes a toll when an entire fan base is completely turned on you, especially when it's your own fan base. However, he doesn't realize that getting kicked out of practice really just hurts his trade value and really prevents him from being traded. The reason why the 76ers are taking so long to deal him is because they don't like the packages that are being thrown out there. Um, And that's because Simmons played horribly in the playoffs, including including one play where he even passed up a wide-open shot because he's just afraid to shoot the ball. And teams don't want a player who's not... he was afraid to shoot the ball. Um, so I expect that the 76ers will try to get basically anything they can from him at this point. I really think it's h- going to be hard for them to increase his value, especially if he doesn't want to show up and play. Um, so here are some potential teams that I would love to see Simmons go to. I would really love to see him go to San, San Antonio for a package that would include a DeJounte, Murray and Thaddeus Young. Murray basically provides what Simmons already does. Maybe he's not as great of a defender and not as much of an athletic specimen, but he can shoot the ball a little bit better than Simmons can, and he's more willing to shoot the ball and score. And then Thad Young would provide a ton of depth off the bench for um, the Sixers.
0: Now, Chip, I pretty... It's like it's spelled like England, but it's not pronounced England, England, or something like this. This guy is the Spurs shooting coach, and he is one of the best developmental coaches in the league. I think Simmons, if I'm Simmons and like I'm one of his guys, I want him to go there because I really feel like him being around that coaching and just that mindset and being around Pop and Becky Hammond. And the the good coaches they have there, I think that would be huge for him, and could possibly save his career. As as crazy as it sounds, because he like you know what I you know what I mean? Because people are projecting him as like an MVP type player. I think if he went to that type of culture, he could get there. I would love, love, love that trade. Um, Real quickly though, um, did I send you his house listing in New Jersey?
2: No, you did not.
0: So Simmons listed his house in New Jersey in Moore's, Moorestown, New Jersey. Um, 10,000 square feet, five bedrooms, six bathrooms. And the the thing that stood out for me, now this is like completely like off the grid. Um, no gym in the place whatsoever. no basketball hoops in the place whatsoever. But what is in the place is there is this insane like gaming type room, and on one of the walls it says Simo the Savage. I mean, like I, I this blue. I'll, I will send you the link. I'm not doing justice of this gaming room, but it says Simo the Savage, and it has a crown on top of Simo. Like, dude. It's just amazing to me, amazing. But no, <laughs> like I really think this trade would work out. Um, I I like that trade a lot, and it's a realistic package. You know what I mean? It's it's not like something absurd like Daryl More, Morey wants. I read I got an alert from um the Score app last night saying that he thinks this this could take four years to resolve yeah. itself, which is in my eyes completely fucking unrealistic, and him just being a complete. Dumbass. Is there any other trades or any other places you could see, like, Simmons going or anything?
2: Yeah, definitely. When you're talking about um, Simmons' ceiling and stuff, like, I honestly think if he had a work ethic, he could be a Giannis-type player. Because you look at Giannis, he didn't come in as a great shooter, but he worked at it. And look at him now. He's an MVP. I mean, and a finals MVP. The guy is phenomenal. But, um, yeah, so another package that I would love to see for um, Ben Simmons is one where he would go to the Utah Jazz in exchange for Mike Conley and um and Joe Ingles. So the reason why I have him going to Utah is because I feel like Utah, they're solid, right? They're, they're a good team, great regular season team, but they're never going to be good enough to win an NBA Finals, in my opinion. I feel like this roster does not have the talent level that most of these other teams in the West have, and I really don't think they're ever going to get out of the West, unless there are injuries, of course, to other teams. So taking on taking a swing on a guy like Ben Simmons, and if this pans out, you can really have a big three of Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, and Rudy Gobert. Two of those guys being absolutely elite defenders. So I don't see why this why you wouldn't do this trade. And as for the, the 76ers, you get Conley, who's a really good defender, great scorer, and probably one of the most underrated guards in basketball. And then you get Joe Ingles, who's really just a true spark plug and can play defense, great hustler, and can really shoot the three-ball.
0: And that solves the main issue the Spurs have, right? Not the Spurs, excuse me, the 76ers have right now. Is at the end of the game, you need that guy on the top of the key that can A, pull up, B, beat someone off the dribble, C, use the pick and roll with Embiid, And D, when he does drive and people go roll twos at him, he can make the pass. And that's what Conley would be able to do. I mean, I think that would be a great pickup. And it's a realistic pickup. Ingles is a dog on defense. He can hit an open three. Um, And I really think Simmons would thrive going to Utah where Mitchell would still be the man. And it would give Mitchell incentive to stay there because then there is kind of like an all-star type player there. With you along with Rudy, Rudy Gobert, I mean that that's a home run trade in my in my eyes. Um, any other trades that uh, that you're looking at?
2: Um, not that I can think of right now, no. But now, those would be the two primary ones where I think if that happened, I think it would it would dramatically impact both teams.
0: Now let me throw out this one for you. I got two for you. Um, I feel the Heat are a great developmental place, but I don't think he'll get traded there because him and Butler do have a little issues together. Um, And I don't think he'd want to go there because, like, do you remember the 76ers when they lost to the Raptors and that last second three by Kawhi? The ball was in Butler's hands, and Simmons was just standing in the corner. You know what I mean? Like, I really... Don't feel like he would want to go there because that's going to be fresh in his mind. But a place I could, two places I could see him going to: a Minnesota, like a package that would be around Malik Beasley and um, Delo I'm not a big D'Lo guy, but I think a Town Simmons and Anthony Edwards. I think that's interesting, and I think that could get a playoff spot in the West, at least the play-in tournament. Um, and then. Ken Rudolph, who um, is a television anchor – excuse me, used to be a television anchor in Sacramento, um, works for TVG now. He sent me this one, and it's kind of going to segue into our next conversation. Um, Marcus Bagley – and who, who's the guard from Iowa State? I'm spacing on that kid's name.
3: The guard Halliburton.
0: Yeah, those two for Ben Simmons. What do you think of that trade?
2: Um, personally, I really wouldn't love the trade for the, um, the Kings, primarily because I feel like Simmons has to go to a winning culture where they'll help build up his work ethic.
0: Okay. The Kings
2: haven't had a winning culture in so long. I like the, the details of the trades. So I think that would be a fair trade for both teams. But I honestly think that, um, Simmons' career would pretty much go to die if he went to Sacramento.
0: I mean, were you even alive <laughs> Cause you're young, dude. I'm an old. I'm an old. I'm I'm an old fuck, man. Were you even um, alive during those Kings Lakers series back in the day?
2: Um, I think I was like just born.
0: <laughs> Jeez, dude. I mean, those were that was some insane ball, man. Like some insane ball when the Kings had like Weber, Vadi, Devox, Pe- oh, white
4: chocolate.
0: Yeah, dude, Pedro Starakovich. They traded white chocolate. They got Mike Bibby. Team was just as good. I mean, like. Those, te- those those were intense battles, man. Great playoff series. Um, now, what about the move to the Timberwolves? Would that, or, or is it the same thought process? Like, the Timberwolves?
2: Yeah, it's the same thought process. Is that, like, I feel like they need to develop a winning culture before they can make a move for Ben Simmons. But I really, I mean, did you watch the uh, Timberwolves game at all? That, that trio looked really good. Russell uh, Edwards, and Towns. But I totally understand the thought process there and them getting a defender because Dilo and Beasley aren't
0: really thought as, like, these great defenders, and that's what this team could really use. See, my thing with D'Lo is this, is, like, I looked at his career plus minus, and it's, like, greatly in the negatives. You know what yeah. I mean? So that tells me, like, he, he's a losing basketball player. You know what I mean? He's not yeah. impacting winning, and I guess that's, like, my point with him but I totally get your point about being a winning culture like I was having this argument with um with one guy one of my friends yesterday about Zach Levine and before we transition to the our talk our next talk about next player let me ask you this my my thing is if you go into the NBA and you in your first 5 years you don't show like your ability to be on a winning team you know what I mean like be a winner um like just make the playoffs hell even when even win like 42 games be a 500 team be on the 500 team you're a losing player you don't know what it's you don't you didn't learn what it takes to win in this league and my thing is that's Zach Levine like Zach Levine in my eyes he can't be your 1A because he doesn't know how to win he can be like a Terrence Ross a guy that can come off the bench get you 15 20 on a given night but he can't be the man and Talents has fallen in that category now in my eyes too, because he's been in the league for how long and he has yet to have a winning season. <coughs> Excuse me. What do you think about that thought process about Levine?
2: Yeah, so I understand that about Levine, but Levine's had a crazy like circumstance where he's, you know, he's been through tons of coaches, roster change has been immense. The talent on the roster hasn't been great, but I totally understand what you're saying. I really don't think Levine is this 1A player. I think he's a guy that you need to put another all-star or um, superstar besides him, and I think that the Bulls realized that, so they went out and got Alonzo Ball, who I think has enormous room to grow, and um, they got DeMar Rosen, who is probably one of the most uh, undervalued players, I feel like, at his age.
0: Now... In terms of the Timberwolves, do you think you can win with Towns, or do you think the Timberwolves would be better off like shifting Towns off, getting whatever you can get, and just letting this be Anthony Edwards' team?
2: I think you can win with Towns. Okay. If you can't win with an elite big man, it's just because you don't know how to use him. So I feel like having an elite big man is such an advantage in today's game because there really aren't that many anymore. So if you play through him and play through their strengths, then I think you can easily make the playoffs which I think the Timberwolves will do. And I really like their new head coach. So.
0: Okay. Now now let's talk about another team I mentioned them earlier. You mentioned your thought process about the trade I proposed um, the Sacramento Kings. This whole situation with Marvin Bagley has just gotten out of control. Those that don't know, Bagley was drafted second. Went 8-1, and, and then, um, what was it, Bagley, Bagley 2. And then there was, like, the Luka and um, Trey Young trade. Yep. 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 Now, you got Ayton who's doing incredible things for Phoenix. They made it to the finals. You got Trey Young, who took the um, Hawks two games away from the finals. And you got the Mavericks with Luka, who's... Th- the favorite to win the MVP that everyone's high on this year. And then you got Bagley in Sacramento, who's, let's face it, it's been a disappointment. When he's when he has been on the floor, he's put up good numbers, but he just hasn't consistently been able to be on the floor. His dad's tweeting and bashing the organization. Um, his agent came out and said that they refused to trade him this offseason because they couldn't find quote-unquote value for him, and he's not in the opening night rotation a where the hell are you going to trade Bagley and B, what where could you see him going and like what what's your whole thought about this situation
2: yeah it, it's kind of sad because Bagley's the player that I always thought um could be more you know I always thought that he had this really high ceiling as a as a uh, five that could stretch the floor and play defense, but the defense really hasn't been there when he has been healthy and played. And like you mentioned, the, like he's never healthy, So the, and the best ability is availability. So when a guy isn't healthy, it's kind of hard to get him in a rhythm and uh, rely on him. So I think a team like the Toronto Raptors, where they don't have a true um, starting five, could really use to take a chance on Bagley. And also because they just have had so many offensive woes. I feel like after losing Lowry, they have Van Vliet, but I don't really think he's this go to guy. Um, Scotty Barnes is a project. He's not a guy that's going to give you 20 right away. I mean, the next most reliable option on this Raptors team for offense is OG Ananobi. And o- Ananobi, I don't really see him being much more than a 16 to 20 point score per game. So I really think they could use. Um, to take a chance on Marvin Bagley just because of his offensive uh, ceiling.
0: Now, I also feel that he just, like, it's kind of like that girl that you don't want to let go. Like, dude, let it go, man. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't work out. There's better options. Move, get away. And I just think, for both parties, it's better to just kind of get away. Um,
2: I totally agree. He needs a fresh start.
0: Now, which brings me Let's look at this Kings roster. Let's just kind of look at it for a second. I like Fox, but I really feel they're at the point now where if I'm Fox, I'm reaching like my quote unquote prime. I've improved every year. Last year I was a borderline All Star. If you don't give me some running mates, I don't want to be there. They got the kid from Iowa State, who I'm already spacing in his name Hallibur, who I think's good. But then they tra- then they drafted Mitchell. You know, those three in my eyes really can't play on the floor together. You got Bagley, who does, who's like not even in the rotation. And you got Luke Walton, who in my eyes is the worst coach in the league. Like, this team right now is in the, in the wasteland. They're basically, I think the Orlando Magic are and the Thunder and the um, Houston Rockets are all in a better position than this Kings team. Put on your GM hat. What right. would be the three things you would do? To get the Kings going in the right direction.
2: What I would do is I would trade De'Aaron Fox and get an absolute haul for him. And I think they're really starting to do the process of that by drafting a guy like Davion Mitchell. You basically are saying we don't expect Aaron Fox to be here in the long run, and that you know we need to reset at the point guard position. And it's not a shot at it's not a shot at Fox. It's just that the Kings clearly can't put winning talent on the floor. So trading a guy like Fox would get you a massive haul of draft picks and um and young players. I really that would be the main thing I would do. Second off, I would try this season and get Mitchell a ton of minutes, tons of reps cuz I think he's one of those guys where he can be a consistent 20 and 8 guy cuz I really think he I think he's one of the most explosive players out of this draft class that can score and facilitate really well while giving you impact minutes on defense. So those would be the two main things. And then the third thing, I would get rid of Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is a really solid player, and I think that you can get a decent package for him as far as draft picks go, even though he's on a pretty sizable contract. I think that a winning team is going to look at Harrison Barnes and be like, this is a 3 and D guy that we've needed for a long time, and they could overpay for him, and the Kings could be set for the next couple of years.
0: Interesting, interesting. Like I didn't even consider trading Fox just because I like him so much. But that's a that's a good point because you wanna you gotta do a hard reboot and that would be a way. Because I like like I've been to one game in Sacramento. Great place, great city. Place was lively, and you know it's just it's just too bad they just haven't been able to put a good project on. But the Bucks have shown like if you get the right guy, you can win in the league um now in terms of games this week your knicks oh my fucking god dude that game wednesday night was absolutely positively absurd to have the garden rocking like that oh my god um it was just it was an insane game um it wasn't the best basketball. There was a lot of mistakes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Not. A lot of mistakes. You know, six point, what was it? Six point lead with twenty-nine seconds to go, four point lead with I don't know, like nine seconds to go. Um, yeah, it wasn't the best basketball being played, but it was a fucking entertaining game, man. What what do you think of um, what'd you think of that game and what what were your overall thoughts of the first week in the association?
2: Yeah, so even though that part of that game was a bit of a a bit of a mess, uh, that was probably one of the best opening night games I have seen in a long, long time. Just the threes going back and forth, lead changes, I mean and the Knicks had the lead for most of the game too, which was shocking. And then they really just it really just came to them not being came down to them not being able to stop Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was absolutely fantastic this game. I think him and Tatum are going to carry this Celtics team to possibly even a top five seed this year if Brown continues to play this way. But who I was really impressed with is Evan Fournier. Fournier just really carried this Knicks team down the stretch when Randall looked like he was um, he didn't have the le- he didn't have the legs to continue to put up these crazy shots, crazy difficult shots. And one thing that I really noticed about this game. Was that Randall is turning back into the player that he was before his uh, most improved player season? I noticed that because he's taking these insanely difficult shots that really aren't good shots. he's he's in the mindset of him having to shoot the ball almost every possession down the down the floor. And he racked up seven turnovers. What gave him such great success last season in a most improved player season? Was that he was looking for his teammates and looking for the best play. We saw this in the playoffs last year, and this is why the Knicks got knocked out early by the Atlanta Hawks. Randall was trying to take every shot and be the man. But the problem is you you can't go 1v5. You just can't. And if Randall continues to do that, I'm not sure if the Knicks are going to be this top five seed like they were last year. And as as a whole, this entire week of basketball so far has been great. I mean, there's a lot of great matchups tonight. Um, I'm really just so excited that basketball's back.
0: Now it's kind of funny, like you you said that about Randall, and I'm going back. Um, I forget what overtime it was at, but he had this possession. He was on um, top part of the screen, drove baseline, did a step back three, completely airballed it. Now, like the the girl I'm dating. She was he- here, watch she watching the game with me and everything, and this girl's basketball knowledge, out like, great girl, sweet girl, not the best basketball knowledge. Okay, you yeah. know what I mean? Not not the best. Yeah, I get
3: it. You I know, get it. Yeah.
0: and she looks at me. She's like, "What is he doing?" You know what I mean? Like so, like, and I'm like, yeah, i, I, I I'm like, I, I wish I, I'm like, I wish I do. Like I have no idea what the hell he's doing, and um. Yeah, like it's just I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. Um Fourier hit some big shots, but can you really like count on him to like hit big shots? I was really hoping I'd see um RJ Barrett be a little bit more involved, you know. Um it was great to see I love Mitchell Robinson. I love that guy. Yeah.
2: I love Robinson, and the, the, him adding the weight and the muscle this offseason, I think
0: is going to be huge for his development. Oh, for sure, and it was just, like, I'll be honest, it was just great to see him back on the floor, man, you know what I mean? It was just legitimately great to see him back on the floor, um, Brown definitely has made some, um, improvements, you know, that, that three hit, um, he missed the dunk because he had no legs, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell, like, he brought it, like, he looked great, um...
2: Yeah, and he was coming off of COVID, too. Yeah, Yeah, he,
0: he, he, he had some bounce in the step. Um, and when he was driving, he was finding the open guys. My biggest criticism from Brown and Tatum last year is they would force their shots. Anytime they drive or and you'd run twos at them, they would always force the shot. They would never pass the ball at the right time and hit the person at the right spot so they could go right up with a jump shot or... So they either force it or pa- or not have the pass on time, but Brown was yeah. doing that. Tatum looked Tatum looked fucking awful, dude. Tatum looked yeah.
2: I don't expect to see that Tatum uh, for the rest of the season. I really think that was just a bad game.
0: Yeah, I mean, he looked, he looked. Oh my god, he looked fucking. Aw- it was it was awful. What I saw from him. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Robert Williams looked great. Uh, yeah, it was it was a great game to watch. Um, oh, the-
2: and also a guy that I feel like we haven't really touched on in that game. Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin looked great out there on the offensive end. On the defensive end, sometimes guys would get behind him just because he's not the slightest of foot. But he really looked great on offense out there.
0: Yeah, I mean Toppin was good. Um, it's gonna because the second year is always when guys make their um, their next step, where yeah. they like you know what I mean. You see that next step in development. That's why for the Pistons, I'm high this year. Like I think that team could kind of sneak in to the playoff tournament um, with the yeah. steps that Stewart Bay and Haynes. I, I'm excited to see Kate Cunningham out there. He missed the first game. Um, let me. Um, I, like I know I know you're not uh, not into the betting world that I'm in. Yeah. Just let me um, let me tell you how I a couple teams I was low on and um, tell me what you think. I was really low on this Pelicans team, and the reason is is I don't think the whole Williamson and, um, oh my God, Brandon Ingram thing is going to work out, plus Zion, God only knows what's going to be out with his foot. Um, I think this team is going to, I'm a little bit lower on this team, and I think this team is like a bottom four team, bottom three team in the West. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, the whole Zion situation is scaring
2: me. Like, it's it's really not good. I really think this guy could end up being like a Greg Oden, where you see flashes when he's great on the floor, but he's never going to be on the floor. And I'm, I'm really concerned. I think that a team like the Knicks and the Grizzlies really lucked out by not getting the first pick in that draft.
0: Now, another team that I really wasn't that high on. Like, I bet their season win total under a 48 and a half. And I bet the um, Grizzlies. Now, excuse me, not the Grizzlies. My Yeah, I did bet the Grizzlies to win that division with the Dallas Mavericks. Like, I just, I don't know. I think Luka is insanely talented. Insanely talented at all. To all hell. But the thing that stood out for me is A, how much more he looked to be happier during the Olympics and enjoy the people that were coaching him and he was around versus being around that in the NBA. Um, he said it was more important to him to win a gold medal than an NBA championship. And I just don't think Jason Kidd is that good of a head coach, man. Like, yeah. like the Bucks and the Nets got not just better, man, significantly better. Yeah after he left. And I just really think, like, this, I don't know. Like, I, I could see this easily blowing blowing up. What, uh, what, What's your outlook on the Mavericks?
2: That's totally a fair assessment. I really hate the supporting cast of the Mavericks. I feel like, how could you have such a bright, young star in Luka and not already have found another guy to play with him? Like, Dallas has never been that place where they've attracted superstars. But they never had a player as talented as Luka Doncic. So I'm just shocked that they haven't found you know, another superstar to put next to him. And they really think Porzingis is this guy, but he really isn't anymore. He's just not. And then the head coaching situation, which you touched on, we, t- we talked about this early this summer. We really don't like Jason Kidd as a head coach. I mean, he hasn't had a great track record. And players have seemed to not like him throughout the past. So I really don't see... Anything good coming out of these next couple of years in Dallas?
0: Now, the you mentioned Christoph Porzingis. The best thing he's ever done, like he came out with two rap songs in what's his native tongue? In
3: actual-
0: <laughs> oh God, Lithuanian. Yeah, I'll send them to you, man. Like I got, some, I got some good stuff, man. Like I, I, I'll have to send you the Simmons thing. I'll have to send you the Porzingis songs. Have you seen the Gordon Hayward rap song when he was with the Jazz? No, I did not. Jesus, dude, you you are you you're missing out, man. You are missing out. I have to send you that stuff. Um, your Hornets. You've been really high on the Hornets. Um, mm-hmm. I think to me with the Hornets. Now, granted, this is going on what I saw. Uh, game one and last year, to me, all of it depends on um Gordon Hayward. If Hayward's get- healthy. I could, I, it, I wouldn't surprise me if this team was, team was number four. You know what I mean? I think oh, yeah, that.
2: I hundred percent agree. I, yeah, I, I think that the Hornets are super talented and really deep. I think they're lacking a big man, and they really just need Gordon Hayward to stay healthy, like you said. I think Lamelo Ball though is a star. He is a transcendent talent, and I really think we're never going to see a point guard prospect like him in the next handful of years
0: but like the the one thing with me and like the more we talk like you'll you'll get to know us about me is like I'm a prove it to me type of guy. You got to mm. prove to me you can be a winner. And when I look back at his career, the only time he's won is when his brother was leading and he was a freshman in high school. You know what I mean? Like he really hasn't shown yeah. me that he can quite, you know, be like a winning type guy if that makes sense. And I just can't get over my head the disappearing act he get it did in that one game playoff against the uh against the Pacers. I just can't get over that. Now like you can prove me wrong. I hope he proves me wrong cuz I like to see people succeed, but yeah, it's just it's just yeah. hard for me to like um you know what I mean to get over that hump. You got to you got to show it to me first. I'm not just going to give it to you. Um
2: yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, he's only had one season, so I'm really not going to judge him if he's a winning player or not based off of one season. But I really think he can prove that to you in this next season if Gordon Hayward stays healthy and and they eventually find a big. Because I really think this team really needs a big, and I think other teams are going to exploit that later on in the season.
0: Now, another team that got a little facelift, um, the Lakers. I Russ didn't look that good um, in the the game against the uh, against the Warriors. Didn't, he just he just kind of looked out of sort. Um, I think it's gonna take a little time for this team to ma- mesh. Vogel to get down the rotation, but then the day you got LeBron, you got AD. I mean, I, you're definitely gonna be a playoff team, probably anywhere from a five to a three. I don't think they're gonna be a one two because I think they're really gonna limit those guys because they want them to be fresh and. One of my friends made a point. Guy works in the association. He works for a team. Um, When I was talking to him a couple weeks ago, he said, "He said the Russ thing is just so like those random Wednesday games in Orlando or Cleveland. They can rest one of those guys, or or, like one of them plays twenty minutes, and Russ can just carry everyone to it. To it. Come playoff time, Russ is going to be in the corner. He's going to kind of be forgotten. Like you know what I mean? He's just going to kind of be." like, the third guy. I mean, what, A, what do you think of the Lakers, and what do you think about the statement I just made?
2: So what I think about the Lakers is that, like you said, if one of the, if A.D. or LeBron, you know, those guys are going to carry them. Let's be real here. I mean, this this roster really isn't talented. I mean, besides Russell Westbrook, and like you said, Russell Westbrook's going to be just utilized as that guy who, um, takes over in meaningless games, and, uh, I really think that if AD or LeBron goes down, this team's just screwed. I really
0: think they they're they might miss the playoffs if one of those guys goes down. So it really hinges on their health, in my opinion. I agree with you one hundred and fifty percent. There, um, last game I want to touch on is that game, and then one player obviously um, Bucks and uh, Nets kicked it off. Dude, Jesus Christ! I I expected. The Bucks, you know, you're getting your ring, kind of lack of focus, you know. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. one of those games, you know, just a typical, you know, whatever night. That was their night last night against Miami. Jesus, they didn't show up for that one at all. But I was expecting that in the first game. But they were able to get to the rim, able to get every shot they wanted, moving the ball great. They look great. On the flip side, you got the Nets. You got this whole thing with Kyrie Irving. A- what the fuck is going to happen with Kyrie? And, like, are the Nets going to move him? Are they going to trade him? Or do you think, like, there'll be a special exemption in the state of New York made for him? For those who don't know, since New York City has this thing where you need to be vaccinated to be in a public place. And until that gets resolved, they're just keeping away from the team. How do you think this whole uh, Kyrie Irving thing is going to play out?
2: Yeah, so the Nets came out, or basically there have been reports that have come out that basically the Nets are not going to extend Kyrie Irving. And I think it just comes down to that. I really don't know when he's going to come back, but I know for a fact KD will not let them trade him. I know that for a fact. They came together, they decided together that let's go to Brooklyn. And I really doubt that KD would trade one of his friends just like that.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I just... I feel that this Nets roster needs Kyrie. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't feel they can win a title unless they have him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I don't... Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I... There's got to be some light at the end of the tunnel. I just don't know what the light at the end of the tunnel is. And it that's preventing me from um picking them to when they make the finals like in my in my eyes and you may disagree i think right now if kyrie is on the on the nets it's either the nets or the bucks coming out of the east if there's no kyrie on the nets it's the bucks coming out of the east i don't see how anyone else can beat them in a series what say you
2: i ab- i absolutely agree um, unless there's a completely insane season that James Harden has and and KD just is normal KD. I really don't see it happening cuz they, they would really need James Harden to take the take the shoes or fill the shoes of two players, himself and Kyrie. And I really don't see that happening.
0: I agree with you 100%. Dylan, I would like to thank you for taking time to um, come on talk a little NBA on this Friday. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram, um, posts you have coming up, stuff you have scheduled for your page and whatnot.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on, Eric. So you can find me at DC underscore sports guy on Instagram as well as TikTok. So over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be posting a lot of college football, college basketball content. I'm going to post a mock draft actually in the next day or so. So look to uh, stay tuned for that. It's going to be an NFL mock draft. Give you uh, my thoughts on some of the prospects as well, and um, yeah, that's it.
0: Now let me ask you this because I have some friends in the Ohio area. Is there any world where Cincinnati makes it in the in in the in the playoff? Because my my argument is no, I don't I don't see them making it at all in the in the college football playoff. What say you? All right. I honestly think that they
2: will, um, and that's hinging on Ohio State losing to Michigan. I think that's the big thing, because I believe Alabama's going to make it. I believe that uh, George is obviously going to make it. I think they're going to win the entire thing, but that's besides the point. So they would need another team that's inside the current top four to lose another game. So, and if they,
0: So you have Alabama... Georgia, did you name a third team? yeah, so my my third team would be
2: Michigan if they were to beat Ohio State, which I really think they have a good shot at doing, and then I think Cincinnati is gonna sneak their way in there because I don't really see Iowa regaining that that spot after such an embarrassing loss to Purdue
0: um excuse me, some of us are Michigan state fans are we just are we just skipping over the the talk of the the talk of the country Michigan state football man like you don't. You don't think. I
2: mean, I mean, Michigan State's got a great program, but I really think Michigan, Michigan is just a much more talented roster.
0: Now, what about Oklahoma?
2: Ooh, that's a good one. Mm, I really think they might. They might look at the strength of schedule. This might all come down to strength of schedule, like it has in many years past. And I think if you have a seven a, or how many of ever games, um, Michigan goes undefeated. You have an undefeated Cincinnati, and you're going to see that. Man, Oklahoma almost lost to Texas and a bunch of other teams and only had one score wins. I think
0: that could really be the deciding factor on whether Oklahoma gets in or not. Yeah, I mean this Yeah, I have no idea what's gonna happen. Um but I truthfully think that when the the first rankings come out this Thursday, right? This Tuesday, excuse me. So I believe
3: so. Yeah.
0: I really think that if you can kind of tell because if Cincinnati is ranked in the top four, they'll get in. But if they're ranked five, I don't think they'll get in because there's no way you can rank them in the top four. They run the table and then you bump them out for like a one loss Ohio State, one loss Oklahoma, you know, whatever. You know, you can't you can't do that. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see like how how everything like pans out. I mean, it would be cool if they got in, but I don't. I, just, I don't know if they will, to be honest with you, man. Um, Dylan, thanks again for coming on, man. I look forward to, uh, John, a little college football with you. Hopefully, we can have you come on again, you know, talk a little NBA, like a little week in review. And then uh, when um, college football playoffs get a little closer, come on talk a little college football. All
2: right. That would be awesome. Thanks again for having me
0: on. <clears throat> thanks for coming on, man. We'll talk soon, dude. All
2: right. Have a good one.
0: So now we're gonna shift our attention to NASCAR and like he's been doing every week during the NASCAR season. Brandon, Boston boy eighty three, is jumping on to join us to talk a little NASCAR. Brandon, how are you doing today, my man?
4: Doing good, but hoping uh, hoping to cash in this week. We've been closed for a few weeks and we gotta hit hit that hit that money back this week.
0: Now, it's here's the thing. Like, we're up on the year. I think we're down to plus fourteen U. And it's kind of funny, like, down plus 14U. A lot of people would give their left nut to be up 14U on the season, which is kind of funny. And we're we're phrasing it like we're down, like, it's a negative thing. But here's the thing, like, we're not going to take Larson. Larson this week is plus 240. There's no way in hell, with the way you and I bet, we're going to take Larson. We're going to try to help you guys find people that have a little bit better ROI. But I have to say, like, with how I bet... Because I have a million things going on with NBA, NHL, MLB, football. I have to say my NASCAR volume is down a little bit. Do you? Are are, are you the same way, or do you feel your cards yeah. are like the same?
4: No, I I feel the same way. And, and what has hurt us recently is I don't know who's watching us and everybody else. But the odds have drastically dropped for, like, the top five favorite drivers. Normally, when you get to the fifth driver, you're looking at 18-1, to 17-1. Those aren't there anymore. I mean, you, you've got somebody like Kozlowski who's, what, 11-12-1, and he's not even a favorite. So it, it's really – it's become frustrating that Vegas has adjusted things. But uh, – sorry, guys. I thought the Sox just hit a home run. It turned into a triple with two outs, so sorry about that. Um, But, yes, the Lions have adjusted drastically. I think they do this every year when you get more towards the playoffs. They know that everybody's going to want to bet on a playoff driver, so they lower those odds. And uh, that kind of makes me – me and you have talked about it multiple times. You kind of grab one guy that's the middle of the road – and then you kind of hit long shots because it's not worth the risk of a guy like Larson that's plus 240.
0: Now, you mentioned Kozlowski, and on FanDuel, he's actually sitting in at plus 1900. And if anyone is going to beat Larson, I think Kozlowski has a chance. Um, the Rice in the 550, and with the 550, there's always that high per- chances that the race is going to end in caution and I really believe that Kozlowski is gonna be fast enough out of a caution to be able to get a lead and outrace Larson in that situation. At plus nineteen hundred, I think he's worth a worth a little a little uh, a little play. No, I agree. Um, he's outside the cut line.
4: The five fifteen package he's been good in. Um, you're starting to get into these races. You got two weeks left to get into that final four. So you're going to see the guys that are below the cut line trying to do whatever they can to lock themselves in because you don't want to go into that final week as the third guy outside the cut line having to beat two other drivers and then also hoping somebody above the cut line has a mistake. So I look at a race like... I mean, you go to Martinsville next week where anything can ultimately happen at a short track, tempers will flare, somebody's going to get dumped. It happens all the time. So you want to come out of Kansas... Locked into that final four, period.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, that's why I like to back Kozlowski. Another guy I like here is I like your boy Chase. I mean, we're getting a little bit of a bigger price. We usually don't see a plus 950 next to Elliott's name. He won in 2018. Um, he's finished lower than six at basically every race but one. And he's got speed. I mean, I think speed-wise, he's going to be good. And at plus 950 on FanDuel, I think he's worth a gamble.
4: No, I agree, guys. You know, I try to steer away from Chase as much as possible solely because I don't want to sound like a homer. But he has this feud with Harvick. People think it's over. They didn't do anything last week. Nothing will probably happen this week. But when you get into Martinsville, like I just talked about it's where a bumper can be put to you and it not looks so intentional to where if Chase doesn't lock himself in this week, he's going to have to be watching out for Harvick next week. Prime example is when Matt Kenseth was three or four laps down at Martinsville a few years ago. Logano was winning the race, had to win to get into the Final Four, and the four-lap down car intentionally wrecked him. So I know for peace of mind for Chase, he wants to go into Kansas pull off a win, lock himself in, and have nothing to worry about with anybody in Martinsville.
0: And I completely agree with you. I like that, betting guys that need to win. That's why I like those two guys. Um, who who are you looking at?
4: So Chase and Kozlowski, I'm with you on both of those. Um, I like Tyler Reddick at 22. So if we're going to go to one of those mid-tier guys that has a good ROI, I'm a, I'm a fan of Reddick for sure. Now, nah. Go ahead.
0: No, no. Go ahead with what you're going to say. My bad.
4: Somebody like Kurt Busch and Matty D and Austin Dillon. Those three are sitting at 45 to 1, 60 to 1, 66 to 1. This is one of those races that if you don't have somebody in the chase winning the race, I got a feeling that you're going to have a mid-tier driver especially that Matty D who does not have a ride going into next year and Kurt Busch who has nothing to lose. I like those 45 and 60 to one odds for both of those guys. So I will be adding them to my card. That's a few more drivers than I normally like to do. But for whatever reason, you know, I get these hitches sometimes that I'm stuck on it. It's paid off before it's failed
0: before, but I do like Bush, Kurt Busch and Matty D. Now, what about, you mentioned off-air when we were talking through stuff. You mentioned you had one guy that you were looking to fade. I'm just here looking at head-to-head matchups. And Logano, Kozlowski are a head-to-head matchup. And Logano's only land, minus 120. Logano, like his performance in this 550 package, it's been disappointing. He's not a terrible car, but in the 550 package, he just hasn't had it this year. I kind of like that matchup a lot.
4: No, I, I don't mind that matchup. Um, we've talked about it weeks before. Logano will have these random weeks that you just don't expect anything to come from him. And he's nowhere to be found for a couple weeks. And then he pulls off this awkward victory. Um, so when it comes to head-to-head, I've got Brad on my card. But if I'm looking to offset it, if he doesn't win the overall race, I'm definitely going to take Logano to try and make some money back if Brad doesn't win the race.
0: Now, I'm looking at these top 20, and I have to admit, when these top 20, when these top 20 bets came out, they were, like, golden. But now they've just gotten to the point where I feel like you can't even um, bet them anymore. I mean, my boy LaJoy is plus 130, which is just awful, but there's just nobody else. Um, I'm looking at top tens here. Um we've been on the the Chase Briscoe train. He's at plus two fifty. Uh, Busher plus three fifty. Any like Custer plus four hundred. Any one of those kind of get your palate wet or is that's just fools gold?
4: Custer uh, Was it Kansas that he randomly won to get into the playoffs last year? It was. It, it was. Yeah. So I don't think he's got the card or the car to do it. I don't expect him to do anything off the wall to be able to grab the win. But I wouldn't hate on anybody if they grab somebody at those type of odds, just as a Hail Mary. Um you got two fifty to one and if you want to bet little I mean you wanna throw five dollars on a guy, you're hitting a grand right there. Sure. Um Custer and Briscoe would be all right, but other than that, I'm not feeling Newman, McDowell, Stenhouse, Jones, Bubba, Suarez. Now, looking through this, I didn't notice this earlier, you got Ross Chastain at 125-1. to one.
0: I mean, that's when not... There has
4: been, there's been times this year that we've seen him as low as 20-1. to one. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't see that until we were just on here. So if you do if you do I don't want to I don't want to say I'm gonna put him on the card guys to where there is a there is a big upset win that we take credit for but Chastain, Briscoe and custer if you' are wanting to just throw a few pennies out there I, I don't see anything wrong with that
0: now let's shift our attention to these fan uh, excuse me that fan duel. DraftKings um props speaking of DraftKings, down in the carolinas you guys aren't illegal you guys don't have sports betting down there yet do you
4: no we've got DraftKings, kings but we don't have the sports book portion of it
0: jesus dude talk about just yeah. a state that's just behind the eight ball man jesus um now it was funny like i was talking to one of my buddies yesterday and um we were talking about, like, uh, God, what was it? He made, like, some, like, random comment because, like, in DraftKings, you have all, I'm loading it now, you have a, all these odd boosters and everything, and he made this comment. He's like, none of these kids these days are going to know what it's like having to go down to Chinatown on a Tuesday and get money from a bookie. Like, no, like nobody will, no. Like, it's just, the game has just changed so effing much. Like, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but I had this guy. There's this bookie here in Chicago, and um, you know, you'd get you, you know, Tuesday was the cash out day if you wanted it. So he would call you, and then he would tell you like, okay, meet me at this address. And it was always like some sketchy area, some in Chinatown, okay. And uh, son of a bitch, dude, it was always like a different person that would give you the envelope. So you'd be in the middle of nowhere. Okay, and it's not really like you can look in this envelope. I mean, and, and then you'd go to your car, and then you'd be petrified someone was following you. Yep, I mean, yep. like Jesus Christ, dude! Like those days, those days, I don't miss it all the fact I can be like sitting in my on, on my desk right now and put in a bet for Navy plus twenty eight and a half right now for tomorrow is just golden to me. But anyway, let me get back to this. I. Apologize for story time here with Uncle Eric. Um, let's, Uncle Eric, that's moving forward, you just it. that is your name. I'm not letting go of it. It will be on my Twitter account. It will be on my Instagram. Uncle Eric's podcast. Uncle Eric, story time with Uncle Eric. I got some dandies too, man. I mean, sports, I,
4: sports betting with Uncle Eric.
0: I, I, oh, you know, when we get done recording this, off the. T- I mean, I did. What, what is it called Like when you sign that piece of paper where you can't say the name of the the guy, the non-disclosure agreement? Yeah. I'll have to tell you my uh, my story how I saved an MLB All-Stars life in Vegas, but uh, I'll tell you that when we're done. Um okay. so Let's get back to these matchups. We got uh, William Byron, Martin Truex. Who do you like here? Truex. Um, Kozlowski, Logano. I'm all over Kozlowski here at minus 120. Yeah, I'm,
4: I'm grabbing Kozlowski in that.
0: Now, here's one. You mentioned... You're, you like to fade Ryan Blaney. Now, Correct. Now, he's, ma- he's matched up against Elliott. One thing you and I, it's like, look, you bet the guy to win, or you bet the matchup. Now, with how dominant Larson is, do we go ahead and say, hey, we're not going to bet Elliott. We're not going to bet Kozlowski. We're just going to put... 2.4 units on Kozlowski to beat Joey 2.4 units on Elliott to be Blaney and call a day Ooh.
4: what what is uh what's the minus on
0: them uh, both of them are minus 120
4: Jesus uh, all year I have not seen something like that that would steer me in that kind of direction whatsoever.
0: But with how so, dominant Larson has been, it's kind of like, hey, you know what? Instead of, let's do this because we're more confident in it. My other thing, though, just the way
4: NASCAR trends go, I'm sorry, I don't see Larson grabbing him another one this week. Okay. so you think- I don't. <laughs> All right, so you think... Guys, bite me if I'm wrong. Like, please, rip me a new one if I'm wrong on this, but... I, I just don't see how this man can put that car back in back in victory lane. He hasn't had—I mean, he had the bad battery at the Roval and was still able to come back and win. But he hasn't had the scrub of the wall, a flat tire, not being able to avoid a wreck. he, he hasn't had any of that, and that has to come. It, it's inevitable unless it unless it waits and it comes on championship weekends. <laughs>
0: I, I can't I, do anything with Larson and, this and, week. And, and, me be, and I don't like Larson at all, and I would love for it to come on Championship Weekend. If it came on Championship Weekend, that would probably make my fucking year. Um, I agree. Now, let's uh, go back to these real quick. Uh, we have Harvick and Redick. Uh,
4: I'm going Redick. Uh,
0: Matty D... Dylan. Matty D Bowman-Bell. Bowman Bell
4: Bowman.
0: Uh, Hamlin Kyle Bush.
4: I see Kyle having a good week.
0: Almirillo Busher. Almirillo. Suarez Briscoe.
4: I'm going to go with Briscoe
0: on that one. And the matchup of the week, Bubba oh <laughs> and Cole Custer.
1: <laughs> Custer. <laughs>
0: um, group comical, A- guys. It's comical. <laughs> group A, Hamlin, Elliott, Bush, Blaney. Yeah, Hamlin. Group- right, no, sorry.
4: Sorry, Chase. Chase, I'm sorry.
0: Group B, Byron Kozlowski, Truex, Logano. Byron Kozlowski, Truex,
4: I like Truex this weekend.
0: Uh Harvick, Bell, Reddick, Bowman. Uh uh, Redick. Kurt, Dylan, Matty D, Chastain. Matty D. Um Suarez, Busher, Brisco, Amarello. Brisco. Briscoe. Now, Group F, and this pricing just blows my mind. You have Stenhouse, Bubba, and Cluster, all at plus 250 And then Michael McDowell at plus
4: $340. Mm. i would have to take Custer at the two.
0: Yeah, it's just... <clears throat> that's just weird pricing when you see three guys all the same effing price. Um, So, this race, I like... You know what? I like Ella and Kozlowski, but... Tell me, tell me, God, what if we? Oh, see, Kyle's only plus six hundred on DraftKings. What? What's uh? What's Kyle on um? Bovada. Kyle Bush. Yeah.
4: He is sitting at six.
0: So he's at six here. I'm pulling up Fanduel right now. Fanduel. Fanduel is at plus seven fifty. So, I mean, my strategy is I'm either going to put one unit on Elliot at plus 950 and one unit as at Kozlowski at plus uh, 1900, or I'm going to do what I said. I'm going to take Elliot in the matchup over Blaney, Kozlowski in the matchup over um, uh, Legano, and I'll throw half a unit. On Kyle Busch at plus seven fifty. I don't know I this like race. This race is kind of a little interesting, though. You know, like when you kind of sit back at, and look at it. Now, yeah, kind of a little interesting. So, what uh, what do you think you're gonna rock with?
4: I'm definitely gonna rock with the Chase and, and Keselowski for sure. Um, for a straight win. Uh, I told you my mid-sleeper is Reddick. And then I'm going to rock with Kurt Busch and Matty D as my long shots. So I'm going to have Chase, Kozlowski, Kurt, and Matty D. Okay. All
0: right. Brandon, I'd like to thank you for coming on, talking a little NASCAR. Um, A, I have to ask you, what is your prediction right now? Who do you think is going to win it all?
4: I really, 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 really don't want to say Larson because that is the person that should win it all. But I've got a weird feeling that somebody like Truex is going to get above the cut line with a win within the next two weeks and then pull it off in Homestead. Or not Homestead, Phoenix.
0: See, I'm trying to find something, where. I mean, I wish they had like a to like a a, a a future, like to win it, and I just I just can't find one. Oh, here we go, NASCAR Cup Championship futures. So these are all right. So this is who's listed right here, per DraftKings, Larson 150, Hamlin 450, Blaney 500. Kyle Busch 650. Elliott eight. Truex 12 to 1. Kozlowski 16 to 1. Logano just buried at 28 to 1. Looking at those, what do you think? I grabbed Chase about eight weeks ago at 8 to
4: 1. It's so hard. I hate I, I don't mind betting futures in in football like Tampa Bay to make it to the Super Bowl Like I don't mind that stuff for me it's so difficult to even mess with NASCAR futures because we all know that it just takes one awkward move in one race that ends the entire season and your future is gone and I hate that because when you have football, basketball hockey, baseball the futures are so wide open and NASCAR it's one bad race in a 10 week playoff that ends
0: your whole season. It's done. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff can happen, and you know, it's just, you know, it's just I completely agree with you on your your ability to hedge out, and that's what you know is easy to do. Like in the future market, like I, for me, my NFL futures, I did the Bills at twelve to one, Ravens at sixteen to one, and Chargers at thirty three or thirty four to one all those guys are going to make the playoffs. I'm going to have the ability to easily hedge out at any single time. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Brandon, thanks for coming on. Um, let's get hot and let's, uh, let's see if we can finish off this season with some W's, my man.
4: Let's go guys. We need a big root for the Sox down to nothing in the six. Let's get a comeback here. Rally cry,
0: please. <laughs> I right, man. Best of luck in that game, brother.
4: All right. Thanks, Wes.
0: So that's it for today's podcast guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Let's get hot. Let's stay hot. Let's cash some tickets. I'd like to thank my man Sterling for coming on, talking a little NFL. Dylan for coming on, talking a little NBA. And Brandon coming on, talking a little NASCAR. Sterling at Silver Star Sports. Dylan, DC underscore sports guy. And Brandon at Boston Boy 83 All on Instagram. Great follows. Make sure you support those guys. Huge weekend. Love the docket today. Um, Mark, Brockton, my man, I'm going to have to find my jersey. Just hit that three-pointer so we get the Pacers plus the one and a half. Let's get hot, boys. Let's stay hot. Let's cash some motherfucking tickets today and tomorrow. And, as always, make sure you f- look for me, Gino, and the Better Than Vegas crew uh, tomorrow. No, excuse me. Yeah, tomorrow, Sunday, on... Uh, Fourth and inches. Get hot, stay hot. Let's cash some tickets. And until next week, boys.